And welcome back to the Gatehouse Podcast, everyone. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been absent for a little while, but now we're back. Uh, not all of us tonight. Uh, my co-hosts had other obligations they had to take care of, but that's okay because tonight the Gatehouse Podcast has special guest Dino Nuggets 741 of YouTube and paranormal investigator Rob. I'm going to be sitting here and talking with them for the next few hours, and we're going to get the whole story. So stay tuned, and here it comes. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Gatehouse Podcast. I am here with Dino Nuggets 741 of YouTube and Paranormal Investigator Rob. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's the pleasure is all mine, man. I've been, you know, following the story for a little bit. I think the first time I ran into one of your um, uh, videos was on uh, Slapped Ham. I don't know if you guys have seen that guy on YouTube, but he kind of like reviews yeah. scary content and he's like you decide for yourself and i was like that scared the shit out of me i'm not gonna lie your video <laughs> yeah he's got some good stuff he comes out with quite a good number of collab videos and seeing myself on there found out through tiktok about him so, mm -hmm. uh, and for those that don't watch it, show and, uh, yeah. yeah for those who are listening how do they find your content where do they find it uh so they can follow along with us so the two main ones are going to be YouTube, uh, Dino Nuggets 741 on YouTube, and then the same on TikTok. Rob's got the other stuff set up. I'll let him uh, go ahead and explain that side of it. We've, uh, we also have a Twitter that uh, we just recently started, um, but it's under the same name. And then uh, we have a good Discord group that uh, basically just a bunch of like-minded people that are in there uh, sharing their theories on the story and um, just general paranormal discussion. Um, and then I've linked that in the description of all of our videos. So you can get the discord link through the, the video descriptions. Fantastic. Uh, I haven't done much on TikTok. I'm kind of illiterate when it comes to TikTok, but I do uh, follow you guys on YouTube pretty religiously. Every time there's a, a, a dino with the devil, I'm, I'm on there. <laughs> I'm we sure you... see you on there uh we appreciate it it's been really fun since we started it yeah yeah and I, yeah, man, that's always cool it's kind of what the whole point of it is you know talking about it getting shit out there and honestly out of the five episodes that i've gotten to talk to people <laughs> they were all different and it was it was good to uh, just have a conversation that you didn't feel like a complete psycho talking with you know what i mean right right what kind of advice did they give you has any of that helped um yeah i mean just honestly man and i don't want to sound like a dick about it but it's just it's comforting to know that you're not the only one that goes through that shit and then you start to like you notice certain things about individuals in their life and you know what i mean and if you can pinpoint in my opinion those triggers or those instances then you know you can reduce the amount of stuff that you have to go through in my opinion so you know and each and every one of those people have shared like personal aspects of life that you know they're going through outside of seeing shit and hearing bumps on the night so to be able to interact with people who, you know, go through similar things outside of that side of it has helped me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird how like certain people are like more inept to like the paranormal and other people are not. I, I've never figured that out. What type of person is more like sensitive, I guess, is what you would call it. Exactly. And that's what I've noticed. Like 
a lot of the people that have these stories, like they, they go through very similar things in life. And I, I can relate to each and every one of them pinpointing it and everything, you know, and what I, I have noticed, it's the depression, this anxiety, PTSD, drug abuse. I've, I've heard a lot about addiction talking with people and even in comments, like, and it, it almost makes me wonder like, hmm, you know, like a lot of coincidences here and, hopefully be able to one day pinpoint that kind of stuff and get a better understanding of it. But, you know, that's only five people. Right. Small, small test field right now. Another thing I've noticed from um, interviewing and then just email correspondence with guests that have yet to come on is um, it seems like uh, at a younger age, once that if they see things at a younger age and then have experienced certain traumas, um, all of a sudden it's like their mind is more open to it and then it continues to affect them throughout their life. So it's been, uh, it's been kind of eye-opening on that side of things. Um, personally, whenever I hear, uh, like a little kid say, oh, I'm talking to so-and-so and they point at nothing that, that creeps me out, I think more than anything. Um, but a lot of people I've spoken with have had, you know, experiences starting, uh, you know, as early as they can remember, um, and so that's been something where it's like they didn't have time to close off their mind to it. So all of a sudden it's like, you know, they're open to it. And then when they start experiencing things um, in real life, you know, outside of the paranormal world, it, it's like uh, like JB was saying, you have your demons. And um, it's like that that reigns true, not only on, on the supernatural side, I think. On all walks of life. And I wasn't one of those guys that felt sensitive. This shit didn't start until about eight years ago. And I was one of those assholes that was like, oh, you're one of those people when, you know, they talk about ghosts and, you know, stuff like that happening. I, it, it's not until you experience it for your own where you're like, oh, fuck, there's other assholes out there like me who are going to ridicule me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like. That's how I felt too, like up until a couple of years ago when I started working at this job where I sent um, Rob in that video of that orb that I was able to capture in one of these houses. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, you guys are full of it. And they're like, no, there's several haunted like houses out here. They're like, you're going to go to the next one um, when we get you know a call to go over there. And I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, guys. So I went over there and I kept hearing footsteps like running throughout the house and I was running all over that place, like looking for where, who, who was messing with me. And there was nobody there. It creeped me out. And that's when I really started getting involved in this stuff. I hear you. Yeah. It's just, it's freaky. <laughs> yes. That's a mild way to put it. You know, like, yeah, what you're dealing with, I call that terror, man. I, I don't know how I would handle that. That's like next level. It's too, man. <laughs> I mean, for real, what are you going to do? Yeah. I think um, a lot of a lot of the discussion that we've had, and I think you can relate with going into that, that first house that was haunted, is um, the anticipation of when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, can be more... Uh, you know, more agonizing or more traumatic to you than, you know, when it actually does happen, because it's like you're in your own home in JB's case or in your case on a job and you're walking around on eggshells, you know, kind of afraid to walk around the next corner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that can that can drive a person crazy. And then, you know, having something actually happen is just a whole nother ball game. But that anticipation all day of, you know, once the sun goes down and the house gets a little dark, it's like, OK, am I going to walk around this corner and it's going to be a normal house or <laughs> what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like discount, like, especially when you get like a third person, like I had a contractor toss me a set of keys to a house and he's like, dude, I'm out. There's something going on in there. I've heard about blood orgies out here. This is like a rich neighborhood. These people do like pagan seances. I don't know if any of that's true, but that's what he believed. And you know, that's when I caught that orb when I set that video camera up that night. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting catch. It was uh, definitely unexplainable. We were actually, um, we had it up on the big screen when we were doing a podcast and one of the other guys freaked out because he was playing it like, like frame by frame and you can actually see it like turn and look at the camera like, yep, what's up? (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm glad I was outside when that was recording. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask if you caught that, uh, while you were standing there, if it was a, a camera that you had left. Yeah, I did like I did my walkthrough, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna let let it go. Maybe this thing operates when nobody's around, or maybe I'm just not sensitive to, to enough to it. And I go outside, and I'm talking to the neighbor, and I'm you know trying to get some history. He's like, what do you know about the people that used to own this house? Because the new owners freaked out, and he's like, oh, those people were recluses. They were fucking weird. They never came out. They would look at you all strange when they did. He's like, I don't really know anything about them. And then like there were some stories later on about like corruption and all kinds of like weird real estate dealings and stuff. So I think they were dabbling in some, you know, shady stuff. Yeah. The, the stress that would go along with what they were dealing with, I'm sure probably amplified things a little bit. Just that, that energy of just having constant stress in your life can, can definitely amp things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, that it's called karma. And it came for, (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Reality. I've been, I've been by there a couple times since and done some like EVP with the Necrophonic app and we keep getting pool for some reason. So we're thinking there is a golf pond behind that particular house. We're thinking maybe there's somebody buried at the bottom of that possibly. Oh man. I don't know for sure, but I'm like, something keeps telling me pool. I don't know what that means. Yeah. JB is uh, one of my favorite things he says is you probably meet a murderer once a month and don't even know it. There's people that do things and put people places and you just have no idea about it and you never will. Mm-hmm. And you might just walk past them during the day and you'll never know. This trip we went on just interacting with the, the variety of people and we didn't take exactly what you would call a highway journey. It was side roads and through little towns and when you get to meet some of these people in a way of thinking it's it's the start of a horror movie i think i tuned in when you guys were in marfa i think that's when i tuned in to see what you guys were up to yeah we uh well we spent uh spent an evening out in marfa um got to see you know where the the area of the marfa lights were um jv actually snapped a photo and there's a there was a pretty unexplainable blue light anomaly that, that we caught in it. Um, I don't know how he manages to do it. He took one picture and it was like, you know, or two pictures. It was like, nothing's there. And then a second later, it's like, boom, there's one. <laughs> it was just immediate. Hmm. I don't know how, but, uh, that, that was the place. And then we went live from, uh, Toya, Texas. 
Okay. I was and waiting so for the was, uh, OnlyFans uh, at the uh, Springs. That's what I was tuning in for, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's where we joked about that. There was, uh, there was an old gymnasium that was built in uh, 1912 that was uh, completely abandoned. And uh, we were able to walk in there and walk downstairs. It was like a time capsule. There was about three feet of pigeon poop on the floor uh, of this gymnasium. Hmm. Nasty. And what were the impressions cool. that you got, JB, on this trip? Were you feeling like a heavy feeling, anxiety? Did you think that thing was following you the whole time? All right. Like, this is my assessment. I've had the chance to drive a long-ass journey, a, a good part of this, all the way back from North Carolina to Denver alone. And this is what I assessed after the last stop. I think that there's a lot of sadness that gets trapped in some of these areas and it's amplified by attention that people give it kind of like a, for example, there's this bridge that's called Helen's bridge. <clears throat> and I think that a lot of energies fed in through, you know, stories that date back from a long time from, you know, nosy ass people making up stuff about somebody in small town, you know, America. And I, I think that if you believe it enough and you go looking for it, you're going to find it. What I experienced, what I was looking for was evil. Okay. And when I got to the Sally house, for example, I had psyched myself up watching other people's visits in there and how, you know, it changed their mind about evil and demons. I'm going to call bullshit a hundred percent. I feel evil and this thing has been tormenting me to the point where I've seen psychiatric help and I take fucking medicine because of it. And it's something that I have been able to catch on camera. So that gives me a little bit of sanity, but there was nothing that's ever popped out on me and some pretty sad and, you know, hotbeds of places that you could find that nothing struck me as being evil it didn't give me that vibe of you know oh shit i really need a fear for what's going to happen next like there was no build-up there was no intensity at all for what i feel in my own home when i got home last night i immediately could tell the difference between all of the places that we went to and it was quite a few and where I feel at home. I feel safer in places like Sally House than I do coming and sleeping under my own roof. So I would fair to say that through my experience, believe it or not, I don't give a fuck. You don't know evil until you really went through it. Right. And you're living it. it. And I live that live it or not and i go through the criticism and i like i have said a hundred thousand times you don't want to come out with stuff like this at all you know because of how people will perceive you and i've i've made it to a point in my life to where i don't care what people perceive i'm where i'm at and i'm doing well i just have something that i can't get rid of here's a prime example of evil Every person that I've had to this house, including Rob, has gotten deathly ill and could not come back for a while. 
has to get out of here. I, I tuned in on that live stream where he was down there and he he was looking like ill for a while. I'm like, he doesn't look good. It was sick as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were like worried about it. And the moment he got out of here and got home, everything got better. Because the only way I could put it, he looked like he was like Shaq at the foul line, man. That flop sweat was going. I was like, man, he is not looking good, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was after uh, that was after a couple days of um, the oddest thing. I just felt trapped. It was like, uh, and not trapped in the home, but just like I couldn't muster up even the energy to get out of out of bed and hang out with someone that's quickly become my best friend through all of this. And I felt so bad, but it was like, you know, I get up for a little bit, and then it was like, if if I don't lay down, I'm gonna fall down. You know, um, and it, it hit me, it hit me pretty much like, uh, you know, we were, we hung out and didn't go straight to the house after I got picked up from the airport. But, uh, after being there a couple hours in the evening time, I was like, uh, like, bro, I just got to lay down for a minute. And all of a sudden it was the next day and I got up and I was like, well, I got to eat something. Uh, otherwise I'm going to be really worried. So I was able to eat, but then right afterwards I was like, okay, I'm going to take a nap. And before I knew it, it was like eight hours later. It was like, uh, something was just, uh, was just really sucking at my energy and making me look absolutely terrible as well. Um, and I did my best to, to pump myself up as far as like keep psychologically strong, um, you know, to keep my head in the game and, um, so I wasn't like nervous to speak of about, you know, being affected. Um, obviously after seeing the videos and knowing what was there, that part, it's just impossible not to be nervous about. But, um, you know, once you, once you walk through that door, it doesn't matter how much you, you prepare yourself or you think you're ready. Uh, it's just, it's almost like walking in and putting a weighted blanket of like, just bad over you, you know, and then having to carry that around. It was something I hadn't experienced before. And so it, it basically pulled the rug out from under my feet. And, uh, I even knew what to expect, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it, it just popped me. The same with JC. Yep. That's why he started the investigation. We went a long pause because he got scratched and then had kidney failure. Oh, Jesus. And that, that's honest to God. He got super sick and we had to put everything on hold. I've had preachers come here and they won't even come in. A lot of them want nothing to do with me. We were in New Orleans, no cameras, no anything. Those people wanted nothing to do with me on those little voodoo shops. Mm -hmm. And that's saying a lot from a voodoo priestess or priest. A, that's saying a lot. A tourist spot, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, Those well, real people aren't going to be sitting on a filthy street of Bourbon Street begging for change. They're not. They're going to be off in their own little areas, owned by their own little communities, and they practice their religions just like Mormons, just like anybody else. It's a community. It's a religion. It's a very old one. And that's where I'll you... I'll tell you what, uh, what was very interesting was it was even... We even tried, like, okay, I'll go in and just kind of be the nice guy and have him stay out. And it was like, uh, I haven't been, like, shunned or, you know, looked at that way with a smile on my face and just trying to introduce myself. And it was like, uh, 
they they immediately just wanted nothing to do with what whatever was around me or or whatever it was it was like they just you know threw red flags um and so in that sense i i think that you know there's obviously some type of energy with him as far as like experiences on the road with whatever we've seen in those videos i don't think we had we had much along those lines and we put ourselves in some pretty dark crazy places um and so you know nothing really popped up as far as something following him that we found i haven't reviewed much of the footage yet but uh, which i'm looking forward to do um but you know so we'll see but uh like you said in marfa i remember we were sitting in the car in marfa and there was um like a, a wheezing noise in between us and it was the only time that i had like we both heard it and looked and it was like right in between our ears and it was like tell me you did that nope tell me you did and it was like i can't tell and uh so we just kind of ignored it in the time because we're in a car in the middle of nowhere there's not much we could do about it um and that was kind of weird but besides that there wasn't necessarily like uh like a situation where we could tell that it was apparent that it was making itself known to both of us. I can't speak for JB and what he experienced or had going on personally, but I have uh, home. That's why, I mean, did I see shit? Yeah, I did. Did I feel it? I did, but it was just like every other video that you see online. It really was lights that go on that shouldn't be going on. You know what I mean? Interacting with it. We did the spirit box thing. That was pretty intense. We use the necrophonic app, yeah. But that was nothing what I go. It, it, it was not tormenting at all. I mean, malicious some of it, yeah. But I know malicious people. It doesn't mean it's evil. I remember I, when uh, when we were in the mountains and seeing that smile on JV's face, and he just said, I'm like a kid in a candy store. It was like he could breathe, and the first day that we were away, you know, you could really tell that 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 pressure was off a little bit. So that was uh, that was relieving. That was that was as a friend something that I was really looking forward to being able to see. And that was kind of the point of the trip, right? To get some relief, get away from you know the basically the bubble of what's going on. And were you able yeah. to answer any of those questions that you were out there to to find? Yeah. I, I think I answered most of them. So yeah. I asked now i know how to ask for help because a lot of the stuff that you see there on these mainstream stops there's nothing demonic about it there's nothing evil and i think that it's the perception that you go into each of these places with which will determine your your experience honestly it is like it, 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 it the feeling is nothing even remotely the same it, it just isn't so I, I know I'm not dealing with something that's like a residual haunting that just the same shit happens in repeated motion. Okay, I, I'm smart enough to know what that is now. I, an intelligent haunting is, is something that makes its presence known, can open up some doors. You know what I mean? Lightly, you, it's the littlest things that they can do to let their presence be known. So it just gives you that that first level of uh you know what i mean and then outside that you're you're digging in deep like poltergeist we didn't experience anything like that out on the road not not one bit 
Yeah, I think any of those uh, places with like a gift shop, you're like, okay, this there's nothing going on yeah. here. Right, or you see 10,000 videos of it. You know what I mean? Like 10,000 of them. Mm -hmm. You know, or the most haunted house in America. You know how many fucking haunted houses that are the most haunted houses in America and they're all devil houses? Like, if you really have gone through something evil, like I said, there is nothing like that. It, there's... There's no comparison. You're you're talking apples and grapefruits. That's how far apart they are. Not even on the same pace scale. I think uh, one of the best lessons that that we were able to learn, or JB was able to pick up, was that not every haunting, you know, is like his. So he was able to, through investigating, was able to differentiate and understand that. What's going on at his house is way, way off the Richter scale compared to what we were seeing. But he was able to feel uh, energy in a place that isn't necessarily, you know, malicious or, uh, you know, just strung out to just go after him. But so the first time we felt any type of activity, I think, uh, you know, we were both a little uh, apprehensive and once it was like we sat there and kind of got used to it it was like he really felt that he understood now you know where the haunting was and, and what level of degree it was different between where we were at that's what i was trying to get to i know that now i, I know the scary stuff that goes bump in the night but then i know that there's a whole nother level of like torment mental and stuff like that that people go through that are on a whole nother scale and now that i understand that i'm not dealing with a, a little kid ghost <laughs> you know what i've been uh, <laughs> uh, one video apparently i've heard critics say that like you go from a happy girl laughing to a, a sad girl crying it's like i'm sorry i didn't know emotions played anything to do with this but okay whatever you know i i know that when these people are saying how generalized haunting should be like they know um i think they're all like a thumbprint like i said mm -hmm. so we're just better than others and that's how i'll leave it you know when you have religious people tell you to fuck off like no i can't help you it's not a movie Jesus. good luck what i was curious to to, to see you, you is if going to help man you know how bad i felt when he left i knew he wouldn't feel good when he came here <laughs> it's not the more the last person i try what? not to have people it was was he like fishtailing out of the driveway as he was speeding off, or was it that extreme? <laughs> I had to join him, <laughs> so I, I got him there. Just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it, don't... if if they're just afraid because of all the you know all the movies out there and how they just over the top with everything that's going on, and I wonder if they're just you know if that's a reason why they don't like to get involved or or what their deal is, but definitely a strange I, bunch uh, in the religious community. I, yeah, I've I've heard I've heard a, a couple different theories and I think what we kinda when J V and I discussed it, it was like they knew it was over their head. You know, it's like there's some places that they can go in and they might be able to to bless the home or do whatever and it'll kinda suppress some activity. And I think in this situation it's like uh it doesn't take long to realize that whatever's going on there is way over the head of just something that's that's an everyday house blessing or just a you know a quick fix it's uh it's, it's not a house problem it's me. right right 
and so it, they learn really quick that it's like something that that they know better than to mess with because you know there's been evidence in the past of um of people that have tried to help that are then affected or um you know situations where people have tried to do things uh and all of a sudden it just gets worse rather than being fixed and so it seems like those people that have shown up at his front door to help, uh, the ones that do make it in don't stay in for long. And, and I think that they just, it's like, uh, you, you pick and choose your battles, I guess. And, and all of them have been smart enough not to pick that battle. There was 10 people, the Catholic church told me that could help me out. And most only one of them live in America. And they're like, you have to bring some heat in here. Yeah, I think and we have and you come in here on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and go through religious treatment. And every person that I talked to said, I need either Jesus or Allah or like what that's why I don't go with that. You know, it's I go through enough negative thoughts tomorrow. Yeah, I think the like the cat the Vatican has to sanction like exorcism if that's what we're talking about here. I think that's how high it up, that has to go. Your process would be like I, I can't give you a oh they're gonna come in and give me an exorcism or whatever it is. No, that I have to provide them real proof before they'll even look any further into it. Like what they've experienced so far from me hmm. goes up to that level. And that's not a bullshit. Like, and that's why I'm bitter about it. Like you see all these things, but like a good friend of mine pointed out not too long ago, he goes, how many exorcist movies have you watched where the person survived? And when you're dealing with it, like, and you don't know what it is. And like, I, like I will always say, I, I don't want to put a name or a label on it. I, I don't. It's something that I go through. I've been able to capture some stuff on film very apprehensive that that footage is not all taken within a month period these are very random spots when i got like i was trying to tell rob when we were out there investigating the best shots you're gonna get are when it's happening in the moment because if it is intelligent i don't think it wants to publicize itself yeah, what, you know what, I, what you've caught is right. disturbing. That that freaks me out every time I'm watching it. You know, my sphincter puckers down to a decimal point every I, time I put that video on. Because you capture it as it happens. There's no way to possibly predict when something like this goes down. It doesn't go on at 3 o'clock. It doesn't go on at 114 and 33 seconds. You have to You have to put up with it to the sense that you sneak up on it and be like, I got you. I got you, motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> it's like a victory because you capture it. You're like, now, motherfucker, I'm going to get rid of you. I got your ass. Mm -hmm. And then you get on it and you're like, well, wait. What did I just do to myself? And it's like that. It feeds off that. Like, because you get anxiety and then your anxiety gets anxiety because you're like, I fucking got it. <laughs> and the, the initial you know, video taking of it, you had to go through some shit to get it and then you get it and then you get anxiety about getting it. Mm. Like, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like you've done something wrong or you've got something that you shouldn't have once, once yeah. you thought that on, on JB's end. It's like, oh no, what do I do with this now and should I still have this? And 
Yeah, it's uh, something that that I learned in the in the situation and investigating with with JV was, um, you know, the way that he's captured things. Like he says, I mean, it's happening. He turns on his phone and boom. Um, and in my experience has been, you know, you've got to sit down for, you know, an hour or more in the same room and repeat the same questions and hope that you spark some activity up and that the cameras are running the whole time. And, um, you know, that's kind of the way that I've approached investigations because that's the way that you have to do it. And in his case, it's, that's not how you have to do it. It's like, you just got to hang out. And then once something kind of starts getting fishy, it's like, that's when it's going to, that's when the shit's going to hit the fan. Mm -hmm. And you said like everything you sit there and if you sit there and try and ask questions or try and uh, like ask for a response, you're, it's just going to be crickets. Um, You know, it's one of those things that doesn't want to just pop up because you ask it to, or it's not interested in a conversation, so to speak. It's like, it's, it's a completely different situation. And that was something that I learned just, um, you know, from being there and then him and I having so much windshield time to just discuss things. And I always believe that there there's no true experts. Once you think you know everything is when you've actually kind of lost interest or lost lost the drive of what you're doing because you should always be ready to learn more. Um, and that windshield time taught us a lot about how much we we don't know and how much there is to know. I mean, as far as paranormal stuff goes, I mean, I think that there's, you know, maybe we know maybe 10% or 5% of of what there is to understand and the rest of it is all just kind of left to interpretation. Right. Right. Tell you that. Right. Mm -hmm. Seriously, are you going to know? You can't really walk up to him be like yo what's up homie you want to tell me how like to be dead how the <laughs> fuck my door in the middle of the night you piece of shit don't work like that no. so, when you when you're faced with real shit like that it's kind of like that saying you don't know how you react until you're put into that position <clears throat> that's a hundred percent of it because it takes one small thing to turn the biggest skeptic into the biggest scaredy cat on the planet yeah, that's how you know, I was when I started experiences. How... I was like, nah, that's not real. And then I started hearing shit. And I'm like, nope, nope, I believe. <laughs> now, if I open a door and I start hearing shit, I'm like, nope, I'm out later. Dude, I'm, I am. And that's, I'll run from what I got at home. But, you know, seriously, like, it's cool to see it move the lights and, you know, it to do things that, at, at prompts, that's cool. And I just believe those are some lonely ass trap souls. But I mean, yeah, I remember always... a video of you like seeing the door open. I think this was one of the first videos, and you were like, you were all excited <laughs> at first. I did that to show Steve. I was like, see, I fucking told you. And he was like, we're not showing anybody that. Put that shit away. <laughs> Like, ah, at least you know I'm not fucking tripping out. And he's like, I have shit happen to you. I didn't record it. That was how that originated. I did it because I asked him a thousand times, like, bro, there's shit going down in here. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. So I, I, but in my time, all hell was breaking loose down there. I pulled up the camera and I'm like, oh, I fucking got it. <laughs> there's no string there. 
And that was the video that I had in my phone for seven years. And then it's like night and day. Then you go from that video of like euphoria to just sheer terror. Like, dude, get the fuck out of my house. What are you doing in here? I was like, that's night and day right there. Well, it's progression, man. Like I said, I, I think it's stupid to record things opening. You know, if you really want to see what my life is, stay tuned. Because if I have a chance to get it, I'm going to. But it, it's not something that you can always plan, man. That's, if you look at all my videos, you can see where I'm standing in my house and start the camera like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And everybody's like, oh, go down in the basement. Go to... It's like, dude, he's been down there enough. <laughs> you know, fuck you guys. Why don't you go down there? He's got, I'm sure he's got some sleeping bags and some cots. You know, maybe maybe that's how you get the Catholic Church there. Say, hey, I got plenty of cots. I'll set you up and tell me what you think after a night down in the basement. And, you know, and people are always like, well, you're going to change the world. Put up cameras in the basement. No. Not only do I have children, but I have a life. You know what I mean? And my whole objective is not to broadcast it all over the fucking world. It's not. Not to mention, any time that I do shit like this, my life is very difficult. Very. And I have real world fucking responsibilities. Jobs, car payments, insurance, 401k. Like, I don't have time to be fucking around with this full time. And just completely losing my mental stability. Like, fuck, I was hyped up about a goddamn, you know, month road trip. And two weeks in, I'm just like, fuck it. You know, you put yourself in positions like that. It's draining. Because mm-hmm. it's not a normal feeling. It's, it's, a, it's a whole body experience, in my opinion. Like, from the tip of your hair to the fucking the tip of your feet. What I was and curious it, to find out on the like this road trip, if you would actually be an amplifier for like whatever was going on at these locations, I didn't know if anything like that happened to you. Rob said yes. We had experiences every time we looked for one. Hmm. I take random yeah. photos and shit appears in them, and I I am not a technological dude. I could barely work my own phone. Ask Rob. I can attest to that for sure. We'll do a photo, bro, on the front door of the Sally house. It looks like a dude in period clothing with a mustache and everything staring right at me. And just like you're an antenna for the paranormal. That's just insane. Sucks, man. It it, it sucks that on class. a personal level for sure. But I can tell you that the times that um that we were in those places, um I, you know, I've had activity in all kinds of places. I've been to all kinds of places that these ghost hunting shows have been in. I've walked around them in my, by myself. Um, but it's like when I was in, in a place with JV, uh, I would get activity, but it was like a lot stronger than normal activity. Like, uh, I would be getting motion balls, uh, motion lights and cat balls and, all this stuff going off, but it would be like consistent for 10 or 15 minutes straight of just continuous activity. Um, and you know, I've experienced quite a bit and never have I gone through like uh, a situation where it's like, okay, this has been going off now for like 10 minutes straight of like constant, constant activity. Normally it takes a lot of 
a lot of energy for these spirits to kind of interact or to make these meters and stuff go off. And uh, the things that, that we experienced in these houses was stronger than things that I've experienced anywhere else. And I think that JV is a strong catalyst to that for whatever reason. I don't, I don't get it. It makes me want to, it makes me want to run the K2 meter just, uh, you know, up and down him at all times and just make sure that, uh, that he's not just putting off some, like he's not a, a living EM pump, so to speak. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> what did the locals say? Did they say anything like, whoa, dude, that's never happened kind of like reaction? We didn't, uh, we didn't really interact with them much, uh, you know, afterwards. Like, uh, the ones that we meet would kind of point us in a direction. Uh, when we were in Menard, Texas, we went into this Dollar General, and this girl behind the counter, um, we told her, because, of course, we were like 10 miles from the border, so they're like, what are you guys doing here, you know? Like, we stood out immediately, but... Uh, she was like, oh, you know, we put up uh, an umbrella and chairs on this shelf, and, uh, you know, we came in the next morning, and the umbrella was on one side of the store. The chair was on the other side. Uh, we had a ladder, uh, lighter rack up, and, uh, you know, it was just shaking violently, and the lighter would fall off, and my eyes are wide open, and I'm like, do you still have that footage? And the girl looked at me, and she's like, it's Menard, Texas. She goes, this stuff happens all the time around here. Hmm. And uh, so they pointed us in the direction, but I guess it's a, a very historical town. But uh, a lot of the people, you know, if we would kind of communicate or they'd watch the videos, all of a sudden it was like somebody smelt bad and they had to get away. It wasn't like they were wanting to sit, stick around and chat much about it. And I'm not a chatter. <laughs> right that was a, that was another thing is i get that look like why are you talking to them right now <laughs> let's, let's go <laughs> i'm not a guy that goes out of my way to make you know i i didn't get covid because i already stayed the fuck away from people you know what i mean <laughs> to learn about who you are if i don't know you i'm not walking up on you because i know how that would make me feel like who the fuck is this guy mm -hmm. Wow. And then you asked me about ghosts. Are you out your mind? <laughs> You're like, I got something way worse than ghosts. <laughs> That's just my personality. I mean, I've heard all kinds of like theories about some people say that like uh, hauntings are astral projections from like dimensions across time. Some people say it's family members trying to communicate. I'm not sure if I believe any of that stuff. Um, I mean, you probably got the best insight of anybody with what you're going through. I uh, I don't know most of those words, and you know I, I just think that it's karma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a firm believer of that. Like shit, man. If you if you uh, you happen to run across stuff like this, I, I would say that it's in the eyes of the beholder at that point. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think anybody out there can say, hey, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Like a complete bonehead comment that I heard and are seen in one of my TikTok videos. Ghosts aren't real because they don't teach them in school. <laughs> How in the f*** do you teach that? Oh, so for people to put rational, you know, 
phrases on stuff that you know this is how this happens i i just don't i don't believe that either i really don't i think that depending on what you're mentally capable of carrying is kind of base the type of experience that you have yeah yeah i, I agree i think a lot of it's left to interpretation it's uh i've heard of the interdimensional kind of theory um you know, there's also the the theory of energy, um, you know, leaving your body or, your, you know, leaving your body and sticking around while your body disappears. They've done scientific research where uh, they've had someone on a digital scale and when they pass, their body gets 20 grams lighter every time. It's 20 grams lighter. So they try to say, well, like that's a soul or your energy that is sticking around or leaving your body but sticking around. Um, all of that is really left to interpretation. And, and the big thing about it is that no one, I think the hardest part is that no one can prove any of this without a shadow of a doubt whose theory is correct or, uh, you know, exactly where they come from or what it is. At least right now we can't. So I think the best opportunities that we have are as people that are interested in it is to talk to people like JB and, like what JB does on the Dino with the Devil is talk to people that have experienced it and just allow those people to feel comfortable talking about it because that's the only way that we're really going to be able to figure anything out. I just and, think e- and even then we're not going to figure it out. <laughs> no, it's just nice to have an outlet. You know what I mean? It's it's not something that you can sit around normal dinner tables and talk about. You know, and I don't think that fairly anybody can come out and say one way or the other with any definable proof that it is real or it's not. Because there's a lot of people out there that go through a lot of shit that we'll never be able to comprehend. Right. And I think that's how, like, uh, people, you know, deal with stuff they don't know about. They just, you know, they make smart ass comments, essentially trying to discount, you know, other people's experiences. Asking. But, um,. God, that's... I think it's easy, it's easier for them that way. It's easier it's easier to to take that route rather than to try and understand it or try and uh, try and actually put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's easier for people to just take that route. Yeah, for I'm sure. I was that guy. I heard about shit like this fucking twenty years ago. I'd like look at you like you were a drug addict. Like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I bet you'll still believe in the Easter Bunny too, big guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was the worst skeptic with that. Didn't even like scary movies because I thought they were cheesy. Like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) What? People get scared because of this? Little did I know I would eat every word of those. In my limited experience, like what little I have seen, it just seems like echoes. I don't know if it's echoes of what was or what is. That's that's the best way I can categorize what I've witnessed, but you know that's how does it feel though? Oh like god, at that moment, you went from skeptic to believer and zero to a hundred. Oh, it scares the shit out of me. You know, I don't even know what to think. I'm like, I don't even think this is real anymore. So I'm starting to question like everything, and yes, that gets obsessive. There aren't even ghosts, huh? <laughs> 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 These are real bugs out there, I wish the other guy was here tonight because he had an experience with, like he said, it was like a nine-foot-tall shadow figure used to follow him around when he was a kid. 
and he has a, he has a story about how he got rid of it, but it was it, it was a, an event, and I wish he was here tonight. But uh, maybe we can get him here next time. You know, <laughs> I do not like those shadow figures at all. I thought it was good with just the old doors. Like I said, it's it's amazing what you can get used to. But when you physically see something that's supposedly like you are, it's like we can put away mom for a while, psychiatrist. I got a whole nother bag of worms to open up with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like that's you seek help after that. I'd be think before <laughs> long, that guy might be on the couch next to you, man. You know, if he starts mm-hmm. hearing what you're talking about, he might be right next to you on that couch. I hope one day that I can just, I'm a runner when it comes to this, man. And there's nothing anybody that will ever do or say that will convince me to when I start feeling like this or it's starting to happen in my home, I will go through a window if I have to, to get away from it. I'm not going to stand my ground as a member. We've, we've made jokes and compared it to the Kool-Aid man. Like, we'll bust a hole through a wall if we need to get out of it if shit really hits the fan. He's got to remember to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, how man. many stories have you heard like this? Very few with this level of intensity. I mean, nothing even comes close from what I've heard in passing. I mean, you, you, you are the king of this intensity and consistency from, you know, what I've seen. And do you think that all began in New Orleans? I think I heard you talk about that in a video, or maybe it was a dino with the devil. You think it all began in New Orleans initially? Man, I don't know. It, shit went downhill after that, the whole trip. Like, everything was going fine. You know, and... When relationships, I've noticed like one person may think everything's okay and the other person's like, no, you know what I mean? It could have been part of that. And I'm not discrediting that at all. But like I said, after that trip, everything fell apart from speeding tickets to finding out about, you know, cheating and divorce time and losing everything like it's rough to be a guy going through a divorce with kids. It is, man. Like, it's a lot of shit that goes into that. And th- the way they acted when I went back down, dude, she touched me and I got like creeped the fuck out. And it was like she was trying to get my attention. And then she's like, I kind of made this weird face and like popped her head back and turned around and walked right the fuck back and behind those beads. Didn't say a word. It was like so uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, can I get my money back up at the counter? <laughs> That's what's you odd to me. It's, it's like, why did she touch you and then wanna... immediately like retreat? Yeah, why is that? Oh, dude, I left the, the little reading room. You know what I mean? I'm on my way the fuck out. I'm looking at that the dude at the counter like, good call on that one, douchebag. Give me my 25 bucks back. You know what I mean? Like, And she came out behind me and when she touched me like instantly clinched up like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, like do I you know, get ready to throw down or like a heaviness, yeah. anxiety, stress, that kind of feeling. Does that build it's up in you? Feeling, like anxiety, stress, fear, 
terror. Like I really was ready to fight. Like I, the moment she touched me, it wasn't like, I'm not like a jumpy, jumpy dude like that. Like I could tell the difference of somebody trying to get my attention, but she just walked up and lightly put her whole hand on the middle of my back. Like, sir, you know, that's what I would have expected, but no. Hmm. And it, it was one of those thoughts, man, that it'll never leave you. It doesn't go away. That whole experience so, just seems very odd to me why she would touch you like that and then be like immediately like, I'm out of here kind around. of thing. <laughs> you know, you know I've, uh, I've, had, I've had time to kind of think about it, and JB and, and I have discussed it, and I kind of have a little bit of a theory of the fact that there could be a situation where there was something that was with him that she might have had abilities and just sensed this negative energy with him. And it was like, uh, you know, like when you go up and, uh, and touch something, when someone says, oh, that's hot, and you touch it to see how hot. Because um, it, it, it always sounded to me like it was like a real gracious, gracious like uh, light touch. It didn't seem like oh, it was like an ill intent. So... Uh, I just put her right, hand. right. So, so to me, I kind of interpreted that as, um, you know, she she felt something when he walked in the door, and it was like, I got to go touch this to feel how hot it is. And once she touched it, she's like, Oh fuck, that's really hot, you know. Um, and, and there's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it, it's like there's a lot of different ways to see it, but um, you know, I don't necessarily think that. That someone would just, I mean, and I'm, I'm like an optimistic, nice guy. So in my head, I'm like, there's no way that someone would just like pick a dude, a random dude out and say, I'm going to fuck the rest of your life. up, You know, um, out there like that. I know, I know. And I'm just blind to it, which is, uh, I guess favors me in sometimes, but, um, so there are people out there like that, but, but I like to find the good in people, but I just think that there is a, a possibility that a, a situation like that could happen where she's just like, okay, uh, you know, because people with abilities can sense things way before someone even walks through a door or uh, makes contact with them. And then there's also, um, you know, people who have abilities that can't really, uh, you know, nail down uh, an energy until they actually touch whatever object is haunted or they uh, put their hand in the soil of a location or something like that. Um, I forget the exact name of that type of ability, but uh, you know, every, every type of ability is a little bit different. So, uh, you know, that could have been something to do with it as well. Um, because uh, JB and JC did some really good, uh, you know, investigating and found uh, an object at the house that that may have been um you know a catalyst to some of the energy as well so uh that's what we're trying to do with all this is peel back the layers and really figure out uh you know what what the origin was or where it started because the way we see it we can't fix something that we don't know where or how it actually began. You can't just go in blind and think you're going to fix something if you don't truly understand the the beginning of it. Well, here's the best way to answer that question. 
I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, New Orleans items, because if I point my finger at one thing, I still have three pointing back at me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm open to anything at a, at a certain point, but for me to cast blame on any specific thing or person, I can't in good conscience do that. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in like curses or hexes or anything like that. I think that's kind of nonsense. I think that's just like lore and things like that. I'm not sure I believe in those. Scary stories to keep you scared at night in your bed. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. I think, uh, I think JB's point of view on it is, uh, is an extremely mature and uh, knowledgeable point of view that can really only come from someone that's experienced something like that. Um, anybody can talk out of their ass about, you know, this and that, but until you've actually experienced it and can, can look at yourself in the mirror and understand, you know, this and that it's, uh, I think that that's, uh, that shows a lot of growth, but it also shows that it's something that he's been, been personally affected by for a long time. And I'm sure that that, decision or that point of view didn't come right away but it's probably really helped deal with things and uh a good thing that other people really should think about if they're going through something similar is you know take a long look in the mirror first and rather than pointing fingers elsewhere that could really really help so yeah i think that's where the story in the bible you know let he who is without sin cast the first stone and then nobody picked up a stone yeah Right. Imagine how cool this world would be if people thought like that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be awesome? That's not the way it works. It'd be a it'd be a lot better yeah. world, that's for sure. But yeah. Yeah, I know religion, you know, is kind of an odd thing, but um I don't know how true it is. Did you guys ever see a movie? I think it came out at the end of like the nineties, it was called Stigmata. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Well, there was a like a segment in that movie where they said that the Catholic Church actually concealed some of the pages of the Bible because it didn't fit the narrative of going to church and, you know, filling the collection plate up kind of thing where it said something about um, kick over a stone and I am there, break a stick and you will find me, which means that God is everywhere. He's not, you know, in these specifically just in these churches and they've concealed that right. information. And how does that make you feel, though, man? After going through this and talking with people like myself, how does that make you feel? How does all this resonate in your head? Uh, It's scary. Uh, It scares the shit out of me that there's so much out there that we don't know about, and we're kind of like spoon-fed a certain narrative to kind of keep us ignorant, you know, almost to a point, rather than, you know, discussing it and getting making awareness and getting the stories out there and figuring out what's really going on. It really terrifies me. Yeah. Now, do you get the, you had mentioned that you get like fearful and anxiety and stress. Do you get that every time there's like an event in your house? Do you feel like a buildup inside of you first and then something happens or is it like something happens and then that comes out? It, so I, and I haven't really shared this, but with Rob, but why the hell not? So I guess it started after all this stuff became apparent and I don't put my face in a lot of my videos because I don't want my colleagues and friends and family seeing this shit and then putting it with me. So I'm not one of those people that like to be FaceTimed. 
You know what I mean? Like, if I don't have to be in front of a fucking camera, I don't want to be. Like, I'm not that attention whore. Mm-hmm. But when I was young, <clears throat> I was supposed to be baptized by my godparents. And I was a baby baby. And the day of my baptism, um, I was supposed to really go in there. And my godparents were going to have me baptized and confirmed. But I got deathly ill when I was supposedly trying to get baptized, my mom said. Got a real high temperature, 102 temperature, would freak out if anybody held me and just screamed and cried. So clearly you can't baptize a child that's sick as fucking freaking out. The moment they got me outside of the church, I was fine. So they waited a little while. The temperature came back down. And then they took me back in to try one last time. And immediately my temperature went straight back up. I kicked and screamed and I cried to the point where they were just like, yeah, we're just not going to do this. And that was the only religious thing that my mom with my grandparents as friends and stuff like that would let have anything to do with it. I'm Jewish. But for that side of the family, they were going to allow that to go down. Doesn't mean that that's how I'd have been raised or anything. It would just have been an honor for these two people to be my God, mom and uh, mother and father. So if something happened to my parents, God, forbid then these good people would take care of me right and that was how their beliefs and their religious thoughts was catholic people and my mom just kind of told me that story and i'm thinking you just now fucking tell me this like you psycho why would you not tell somebody that like i've been going through all this shit and that's like i could be a valuable piece of information but i never had an experience my entire life Am I a thorough church goer? No. feel weird every time I go into one. Like, fuck, man, should I be in here right now? Like, (laughs) like, I've always felt that way. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it sounds like this energy has been with you for a while, judging by that story. And it just never came out until I went through, like I said, man, it was the darkest time of my life. When you have everything and you're reduced to nothing all of a sudden overnight, you literally have to start with a brand new foundation and work your way back up. That'll take it out of anybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then on top of it, you're, you know, this thing's going on. And that's when it peaked its head, man. Right around that time that I left Louisiana. Maybe it was a coincidence. Who the hell really knows? You know what I mean? If you could trace back to where all this shit came from, probably fix it. Just be like, well, you're cut the fuck off. Yeah, it's almost you like know what, tragic events believe. or bad luck is what like initiates these things to occur. It's almost like a trigger for it or something like that. Right, just it feeds off misery. Misery loves company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now, now that my my shit's straight, man, everything's good. It's the only thing I deal with. Does it make me a, a moody bitch? Hell yeah, a lot. Do you remember anything well, else like growing up? Like as a kid, did you have any like experience with like a haunted house or maybe an artifact or something like tragic growing up? Do you remember anything like that? No, no, just that one event at the very beginning, which is that, that seems like that's a a crucial piece of information. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't even like to admit stuff like this. You know what I mean? The fact that we're even talking like this is fucking mind bottling for me like 
it's just so outside of the realm of what you would expect from me if you knew me personally. Mm-hmm. You told, I think, a story about uh, at a previous house with a buddy that, you know, something paranormal happened. Did you tell that story on one of the uh, dino with the devil? Um, With the door opening? I think so. You yeah. said it was another house. You were hanging with some guys. You were kind of like partying, and then some stuff was actually happening at a previous residence, which rolls oh, yeah, out the, the house like the attachment. Of the house. Mm-hmm. He had this deck that came out of the master bedroom and it had like AstroTurf out and it looked over all of Parker and DTC and Denver. You could see all of it because we kind of set up on a hill and we had a projector. So we'd have a house party and we'd pull down the garage door. It was like one of those big steel buildings that we converted into a um, like a wrestling room, raised floors, real wrestling mats, punching bags, like you know, tossing dummies. It was it was designed for the upper echelon kids that go to state and win nationals to come and train during COVID. And it's it was one on one with some of the best wrestling coaches across the country. And so we naturally knew a lot of people. And we were outside during one of those bonfires and we heard the door turn around and looked up there and there was somebody walking back and forth in his master bedroom that's his personal bedroom you don't go in the house without him or i you know what i mean that was abundantly clear that that side of the property was off limits that was personal that was you know the family home Mm -hmm. so i went around the front and he came in through the back and there was no one in there you're not getting out of that property without us seeing you it was set up like that Mm -hmm. land neighbors weren't right next door to you you know what i mean shit they were 10 15 acres away from you yeah that just kind of um you know shows that it's more attached to you and it's not attached to like a a artifact or a house or anything like that is what that tells me you know and from the very early stages of the shadows and the voices and the footsteps and you know it started out really subtle I think as they all do and then they materialize into something with some people much more than that. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just me who saw it. There was a number of people who saw it, Mm -hmm. you know, it was clear as day. No, no t-shirt outline. It was just like a, a dark hooded figure pacing around in his, his room. It was a big house. So, I mean, it wasn't a short distance to walk and disappear. It would just like slowly move from one side and then it paced back towards the door. And we were like, yep, this is it. So we broke in. Yeah. And these things like feed on your fear. I mean, they drain batteries. You have, you know, you said you've put stuff down there and it just drains. These things have a knack for like taking energy and converting it into whatever they want to do with it. It seems like. It's exploding the light bulbs, man. Like, fuck, buying them now. I just leave it dark. I bought these plastic ones now, and they just burn out. Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? Explode anymore. They've been completely out of the socket. And it sucks when they blow out when that's all the way screwed in because then you got to get like a fucking potato and shove it up in there and unscrew it to Mm -hmm. get it out, shocking the fuck out of yourself. So. You know, it's little shit like that that's more irritating, but when it wants to play, it lets you know. Yeah. I wouldn't go down there with anything less than a flamethrower. I'd be like, blow this out, bitch. You know? Yeah. 
<laughs> and even then, man, I just want to throw a bomb down there. But after, you know, two different spots, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? I can't just keep moving. You know what I mean? And Colorado is deathly expensive mm-hmm. to live in. You know, the cost of living out here is outrageous. And we don't even have a fucking ocean. Yeah. So, you know, buy and sell and buy and sell and then renting. Jesus, you might as well just buy because rent's higher than most mortgages. So, <clears throat> yeah, the California yeah. purge didn't help us out because I'm in Arizona and I mean, our prices went through the roof out here. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this reminds me of 2008 all over again where people are getting to houses right. they can't afford. It's going to crash and it's just, it's a nightmare. Yep. So I just, uh, I learned a lot on that trip though, man. I got to say just experiencing it and you know i have a lot better handle because you can watch a video all you want you know what i mean and it can make you feel like oh fuck i'm right here you're not (laughs) until you feel the hairs genuinely stand up you know there's a lot of things that you can see on tv that will spark a reaction it's when you're physically there and you have nowhere to turn is it a lot like, you know, they say some people can actually predict like an electrical storm coming, their their skin starts to goosebump and they get static electricity. Is, it, is the feeling a lot like that? Like, you know, something's coming and the fear starts building and then shit happens. Is it like that? Paranoid. I'll start to think about shit like, fuck, did I do this? Oh, man. And then I get paranoid, like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble. And then I'll realize like, oh, shit, I'm at home. And then I'll get the scared feeling. And it's like an electrical surge. Yeah, like you can almost taste it. And it's like, well, 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 well. And then it'll pop off. And it's I know you've mentioned the smell as well. Sorry, I know you've mentioned the the smell as well as being kind of like something that lets you know that shit's about to go down too. When something bad will go, like something that's outside of, you know, just walking through a wall or, you know, I'm talking about violent bangs and everything opening up at the same time or a couch falling backwards. Um, the feeling is, it's just hard to, you know, something's coming, but you don't know when is the best way that I can say it's an anticipation factor of, you don't know which way it's going to be. And that's the worst feeling, in my opinion, because it could be something simple this time or it could be something that you're you literally have to change your pants by the time you can collectively get your shit together to get the hell away. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be the scariest part for me. The anticipation would probably be more fearful than the actual event, I think, in my case. Right. And the smell, that's when it gets scary. And that's more of a mental fuck than anything. It's like you know it's not supposed to be there. Like, you know it's not a normal smell. But I would say eight out of ten times when I smell it, it's I'm, I'm going to have a rough night. Hmm. Is there anything that you've um, experienced that you didn't record that was just off the chart? You're like, fuck that. This, I don't even need to document this. Um, yeah, multiple. Uh the worst I would say is I was just got off of work and I pulled into the driveway and for whatever reason I did not park in the garage 
parked Audi in front of the garage door, got out of it, walked up through um, my garage, because when you have a walk-in garage like that, very few of the times do you ever go in through your front door ever. You just go in through the garage. So I get in, <clears throat> I walk in through the hallway, and the basement door was wide open. And I was like, oh, that's strange. And uh, all the animals were hiding. Like, and usually when I get home, they all rush and sprint around the house and we're all happy. And that that is not the case this time. You know what I mean? And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah, that must so, be terrifying for them because I've heard stories where animals can actually see these things all the time, not just in, you know, when they occur. Right. And we have a dog that's 14 and he's not supposed to live this long. He's almost blind, completely, completely deaf. You know what I mean? And he won't go downstairs at all. He'll bite the fuck out of you to try to get out there, even if you're holding him. <laughs> he still you senses know? it, even though his senses are, like, dull. Yeah, he's just, like, out there. You know, he's just thankful to be breathing at that age. You know, it's like, what is he, 190 in dog years? <laughs> like, he's an old man. Um, but they're all hiding, and that's very unusual especially for little dogs that are as needy as these two are. So I'm standing at the sink and I wash my hands and I turn around and I, I grab the cup or to grab a cup out of the cupboard and it was already open and the cup was sitting right in front of me on the counter. I'm like, that, I know it wasn't like that. And it was one of my plastic cups. I didn't hear the cup hit the table. I didn't hear anything. So I grabbed the cup and I walked over to the fridge to hit my ice machine and it started to come out before I hit it. I just got it by it and the ice started to fall into the cup. And I just kind of stepped back and the ice kept going onto the floor and then the water side turned on. And I'm just looking at it like, okay, this is fucked up. And then the faucet behind me turned on, my TV turned on. I heard this loud, like, growl in my kitchen uh, counter that's like an island. The glass table slid in and hit that. And then I looked back, and I just saw something walk down into the basement, and the door slammed, and I didn't see or hear anything last night. Oh, Jesus. It was like it knew what I was thinking it made me feel like. It was like everything that I went to go do, it was it already knew what I was getting ready to do. And I, that's why I would say out of everything that has happened to me, that was the one that affected me the most. Cause it was like, it was in my head and, and it, it proved that. And it was almost like it was upset that you weren't doing it fast enough for like how it was leading you in that direction. It's, it was like, it felt like it had a hold of me at that point. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, I need some water. I turn around, my cup's waiting for me, and the door's open. The ice comes out by itself, and then the water turns on by itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the, the faucet behind me, then the TV, and then boom! It's like, here, just got you, motherfucker. It's like it taunts me. Like, yeah, I know you. I got you. You're mine. There's That's a... what made it me feel like there's a video on the internet where one of these spirits is manipulating like an alexa and that thing it starts laughing at like 3 a.m in the morning and starts saying a bunch of weird shit i don't know what i would do if my you know echo started doing that shit and speaking in reverse you language can't. 
This is the date and time that you were going to die. <laughs> My running joke is when, you know, people are like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Well, I'm going home to have a threesome with Alexa and Siri. Um, you know, big <laughs> night. You know, that's that's my big night. <laughs> oh, that is good. Oh, but, man, how would you react if you went through that? Like, how the way I described that to you, how would you interpret that in your head? Oh, I'd be wanting to run as fast and as hard as I possibly could, even though in your situation, it's obviously ahead of you no matter what you do. It's three steps <laughs> ahead, like a game of chess. It's already checkmate in its own mind and he's just chasing me around the table now you know what i mean the board yeah that's that's how just toying with you essentially and at a certain point man you just you get to a point where you're just like fuck it Mm -hmm. just this fuck you fuck everything about you and where you come from and fuck anybody that wants to ask me about Mm -hmm. you know what like and that's why you need a support system, I believe, man. If I had no one to talk to about this, I would be batshit crazy. That's just insane, some of the stuff that's happening there. And there's there's no answer for it, really. There's no scientific answer that people try to, you know, oh, I can justify it like this. No, there's no way to justify this other than there's serious shit going on. Yeah. It's like, well, we can't explain it, so must be fake. <laughs> He's best at cgi i've ever seen i saw a video of a guy trying to explain what a green screen was <laughs> <laughs> like stupidity that comes out of people's mouth you know and that adds negativity and i i think rob and search and there's a lot of people on youtube that i've met primarily rob and search for you know helping me get over that um that hump with reading comments because shit that one video on tiktok has like over 20 million views so you can imagine how many psychotic fucking comments that i got oh you yeah know what i mean yeah there's in it like thousand a day oh i'd imagine i thought it'd be more than that i was gonna say like ten thousand, probably per million dude it was like insane insane and that video still gets comments and watches and i just i've had to exit myself out because it would stress me out and i can handle criticism you know what i mean but i don't think anybody unless they have viral videos of that magnitude can honestly say that they would look haters straight in the face with a smile Mm -hmm. at a point you start reading shit it's like you were the dumbest fucking idiot i've ever read a comment from like my god and then you have the people that are the trolls that make videos of trolling you know say there was no reason for him to lash out in comments it's like did you read the comment you know calling me a pedophile for you know creating videos for tiktok like how is that even terrible and when you rip your shit down like that it's like fuck it i'll just stop recording it then (laughs) you know what i mean like I can't get away from negativity on it anywhere I go. And clearly they want to have a debate about fucking sage being witchcraft or not versus saying, Hey motherfucker, this is what I did to get rid of it. I feel you, mm-hmm. you know, it, nothing ever happened like that. And I made the switch over to YouTube. And then that's when it was like all the non psychotic people 
were able to talk and, you know, go through that. It was much easier to read the comments at that point. What kind of effect did the sage have on the situation? Did it intensify or did it... No, nightmare. Really? So it didn't like that, essentially? Cool. <laughs> First of all, I found it to buy it. I didn't think to fucking look on how to apply it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I thought I liked this shit up, do a little cross in front of me and say, come on, bitch, come on. I'm walking to the smoke. You're going to disappear. <laughs> I'm naive enough to think that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I did the, the Paulo Santo the same way. How was I supposed to know? You know what I mean? Like, Playing with the sage set off a whole random occurrence of fucking weird shit that I hadn't seen before. Basically, it just like pissed it off. Different. That's the best way I could try to do it. Why that's, that, that has a lot to do with why we've, we've wanted to, to be so careful with, you know, everybody has a suggestion on how to fix it, but... Um, you know, my my top priority is, is JB's health, mental health, physical health, and just state of well-being. So the last thing that I ever wanted to, to even consider was to take people's ideas and go in and just try them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the last thing that we want to do is make something worse. I just tried it, man. It made it worse. Yes, it did. It did. But, I mean, there's a proper way to do stuff, I guess, and there's a, a not-so-proper and. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is, is I don't really think it through because the last thing on my mind when stuff's going down is a proper method to do anything but get the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. So when I see Sage on there, I'm like, cool, this is fucking awesome. You know, it's like a giant stick, incredibly smoky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the house reeked of it. Now, when I reversed that video, I swear there was like a face in the smoke. Well, that's why I reversed that video in the little um, event video. I swear I saw a face in that smoke, and I'm like, oh, shit. Um, play. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. I. Again, that's one of those things, man. Like, if you're looking for it, my best thing to you, man, if you want to get a taste, find a, a dark place in your house. After talking with, you know, folks on your show like myself and keeping in mind the things that you've experienced in your life as well and all the stories and videos, mash all that shit up in your head and then turn out all the lights and in complete silence, look in those corners, sit in one of them. It's like manifested, huh? And see what happens. See how well you can handle it. Even when you know nothing's there, it's 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 still the thought that something could be. And I bet nine times out of ten there is something. Mm-hmm. It's willing to show itself to you. Yeah, there's others that believe you can open doors with your mind, and they're not always good doors. I think I believe that theory more than a lot of these yeah. other ones. The power of the mind, I would say, of all the stuff I've learned just in general just in life and they say your mind's your most powerful tool so i guess i'm on the hunt for am i manifesting these things is it is it a physical manifestation that i can you know make appear is it something that's in my control because again man there's no solid theory to any of this there's not 
It's like, a shot in the dark. Somewhere along the way, you like maybe you opened a door that you were unaware of, and that's where like a lot of this is coming from. That's always a possibility. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a certain time in my life that I was self-destructive for sure. You know, I I would destruct things like relationships and friendships and stuff just just to do it. I guess you know, I, I, we all go through patches in life where we're not t- so proud of. Yeah, for sure. Let me pause. I, let me pause this real quick. The dog's looking at me funny here, like he wants to go out. <laughs> One sec, gentlemen. No All right. Sorry so about you that. Watch him just a little bit. I'm back. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how long did um, the JC like investigation go? And you know what? So he got scratched. He got ill. Did he say if something like followed him home at any point? It happened to him in that basement was the last straw. He just down there, scratch, that was it, I'm done. I can't handle this. No. And there's another video. It starts out with his green screen. Um, not a green screen. It was uh, a green lighting that he had, like a night vision. Mm-hmm. And he hears a noise, and he's in my room doing whatever. And he comes out of my bedroom, and he turns the corner and opens up the basement door and walks downstairs and you can see it come out of the wall and follow him down into the basement and then he comes flying up the stairs slams the door and is like holding it shut and he looks right he looks left and he bolted out the front door that's the part we didn't see in the video the video he's referencing i think it's called uh it followed investigator or or something along those lines um and so you see him walk down and then you see a shadow following down but he came face to face with something at the bottom of those stairs that that was like okay i'm drawing the line here but that was just enough and he didn't say I like. I can't even comprehend what he ran into, and I think that it's hard for him to even put into words. But whatever it was was enough for him to to take something that he's always wanted to do and just, you know, I'm done Ruined. with this right now. Yeah, he's like, he told me he's like, I'll come back and we can get back at it, but I I, I just need to get my life in order. And we we've talked about that night, and he just till he'll deflect he'll he'll bring up other things that he found out he just he won't go into depth about it and to this day you know he'll get into the comment section and interact with some of the people because me and him spent a lot of time together man he he gave it a full effort and he wasn't the type of guy that had it for tv purposes you know what i mean he could give a shit about publishing any of it he was genuinely here to help you know and he's through the jewish community so it's you know highly recommended through you know that community of people and you know he was here to help (laughs) not make youtube videos Mm -hmm. and that the last straw for him he couldn't couldn't do it no more man he got sick everybody that comes here gets sick and that's another point that I, I feel bad about is I, I know this happens and it's not just a one or two people. This is routine people who come to see us like to the point where we'll put them up in a hotel or stay with another family member. Mm-hmm. Just because 
it's it's hard enough for me to keep my sanity and be able to function at a normal level sometimes, let alone having guests over that you know are going to be physically affected. They might not have an experience, but they're definitely not feeling well. Right. And when all this like physical stuff's happening, what like what's going through your mind? Are you just like, is it be like pure terror? Are you thinking of something or what would you say your thoughts are? A lot of the time lately, it's like, if this is it, just make it fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at a certain point, I've just given up. You know, if it's going to take over, if it's going to do what it's going to do, then do it already. Fuck. Why, why string it out any longer? You know, I just, I would rather whatever its intentions are, just do it and get it over with or leave me the fuck alone, man. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's never, it's never going to get better. It follows me, man. I've got photos of places that I'm at randomly that I've caught shadow people and like literally. And does it like it I, intensify well, dependent upon your, like your reaction? If you're, you know, going crazy, is it, does it get like different levels of intensity or is it just the same all the time? Just depends on what kind of mood it's in really, man. Hmm. Just depends. I, I've, I, uh, I've, I've compared it to like a playground bully, you know, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to stop. And, um, you know, the, there was a, a picture that he took in a mirror where uh, he got a shadow that was standing over and behind him and the posture that it had basically, you know, chest stuck out basically just like, a, you know, like a bully would do to try and intimidate someone. Mm -hmm. Kind of like wear you down, try to get you to that point where you're just susceptible to whatever it depend wants to do, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's just playing the long game. It, it it almost like it some out of some gets some sick pleasure out of what it's doing, and and that's where, uh, you know, that's where, uh, you know, it can really beat someone down and make them just uh, emotionally, physically, just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And you know, speaking from personal uh, experience and being there, I felt that physical mental exhaustion and didn't even experience anything so to uh you know shadow wise or anything um there was a time where where jb had left and uh you know i was in there and i i it sounded like he was still there walking around you know but i didn't get up to go see it the investigator and wanted to but i i couldn't i just couldn't get up and go look and um, you know, it was like there was that torment of just like physical, mental exhaustion that it was just kind of wearing you down. And it was like, or you know, like there's the, right. It's like there's another win in my book. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> down here. Come down here. And yeah, I that first night. That first night, he said, uh, he was like, you're here. You want to go down in the basement? And after a couple hours of us hanging out, and, you know, he's like, you want to go down there? Go on down there. And I was like, man, you could put a million dollars at the bottom of those steps right now. And I'd walk right past it. I said, I'm good right now. I need to collect myself a little bit. And little did I know, you know, that I wasn't going to be able to fully collect myself right away. 
but you know, I tried, but it just it just wouldn't work. What I thought was interesting was the the room, the the spare room there, and I'm sure it was different in past houses, but that spare room is directly above that corner of the basement where uh, you know a lot of activities kind of originated from, and and I don't know if that's just a coincidence or what it is, but. Uh, you know, I noticed where the, the room was in comparison to what part of the basement. And, uh, and you know, that room is, like, so, like, there's only, what, like, two feet of subflooring in between, you know, whatever's in that back corner. And I know that it's everywhere, but it was just interesting to me that that was right where it was. That's the scariest part of the house is where I set that Ouija board up. And uh, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did it try to manipulate that Ouija board at all, or it just you know went from zero to scare the shit out of you in seconds? Nothing happened with the Ouija board, dude. I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. I think they're made by Milton Bradley that they sell to children to scare them. You know what's funny about that? And uh, one of the co-hosts here, he just moved to Baltimore, and he said that the guy that invented the Ouija board... He's buried out there in one of these cemeteries, and his headstone is a Ouija board. Oh, wow. I'd, I'd make my headstone whatever made me millions of dollars as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that might be a good uh, night to go out there and sit there with the Necrophonic app and see what it says. Yeah, and play his Ouija board in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, prove you're not a scam, man. <laughs> I think there is I a difference. and I... Uh, JB and I actually had a good chance to, to use that Necrophonic app on multiple occasions throughout the trip. And uh, when we got to the Sally house, I, I suggested that we try uh, what's well known as like the Estes method. So you, you basically put noise-canceling headphones in and you, you blur out all your senses. You cover your eyes and then the other people will ask questions in a different room. Uh, basically guaranteeing that they, uh, the person with the headphones in can't hear what the other people are saying. Okay. Um, when you run that necrophonic app and you put headphones on, it is night and day different than when you're listening to it all huddled around it like a bonfire. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, and JB and I were discussing that and, and, and how crazy it was that, just having those headphones on and blanking out our senses. Like I was in a corner of a room and, uh, you know, apparently there was a motion light going off the entire time. And I had no idea cause I had my palms pressed into my eyeballs. Um, but you start to hear, you know, like three, four words coming out of this. And we've spent hours listening to it without headphones and heard nothing like that. You know, it was like, we'd catch a word maybe. Um, and then all of a sudden we put the headphones in and it was like, it was, I can't even explain the difference. If you, I know, uh, in your last episode, you did a, uh, like a solo session with it. Um, I would suggest that you give it a, give it a try with, with some really good headphones on turned up as loud as they'll go. And you'll be just absolutely amazed at the difference, uh, of, of what you'll get between, you know, just having it play through a speaker and then when it's playing, you know, super loud into your ears. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, uh, you know, being in a being in a dark corner of a room that's notoriously haunted, 
uh, probably amps you up a little bit. But when you have that in your ears and you're trying to concentrate on the words, you just block everything else out. But um, the relevance of the words that I was saying in comparison to the questions they were giving is is pretty neat. It's a neat, neat piece of evidence that you can, um, you know, it can be pretty undisputable. Uh, I guess a lot of it relies on the viewer's trust in the person that has the headphones on because, you know, they can't can't necessarily hear it. But, um, you know, in that situation where you've got someone in a completely opposite room speaking in a normal voice and the other guys in a room, you know, 40 feet away with noise canceling headphones on and they're answering your questions. Um, that's at the Sally house. I stopped the session. These balls, you have to touch it. You have to touch it to get it to go off or otherwise it just sits there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, the only way you're getting that ball to go off is if you physically touch it. That damn ball didn't go off at all for hours into it. And then he did that experiment. I've seen it on some of these other shows, but up until that house, I thought that Becraponics app was a fucking joke. Mm -hmm. He in there and these are plugs that you plug into your ear and he had a hoodie on he pulls it down over his head and goes into that nursery and that ball sitting in there and then there's a motion light you have to walk in front of that motion light to get it to turn off that's the way it's made so Unless you're physically doing one of those two things, there's absolutely no reason for that shit to work. So I'm sitting in the room with one of our guests and we're just talking like we are you and I right now. And there's no way unless he's like intentionally trying to eavesdrop on me from where he was sitting at the level I was talking. There's no way he could have heard me. There's not. I'm, I'm talking at this level right here and he's a good 40, 50, 60 feet away. You know, if you want to cut it down in a completely other side of the house in a room, two doors separating between us and a bathroom in between us. Mm -hmm. I start asking questions about, does it want to hurt him? And what he was spewing back out were sentences that coincided with everything that I was asking and not by coincidence. Like, do you want to hurt Rob? Yep. Better get him out or, or we will <laughs> pretty much like that. And that ball was going off the entire time he was in there mm -hmm. at a motion light in front of the door that we were sitting in. And then his motion light would come off or come on. And then our motion light would go on. That ball would be going off when our or would it wasn't glowing when it you know our light was on. And then the lights would go back out. And then his light would go back on. And then the ball would start going again. And he would start talking in sentences again. And what were and at, like each of point, you thinking you like would, when that's going on? Did you guys have like synchronized thoughts, perhaps? Who? I'm I'm not sure. I I don't know. I don't know about synchronized. I I don't know too much. Like I've never had like any type of uh, ESP, so to speak. Oh. Where, like I've been able to tell. Um. So, 
I don't what, think that that would necessarily explain it. But the look on his face when he came in that room and, you know, like got my attention to take the earplugs out and uncover my eyes and the look on his face, I could tell that something happened. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? What? Because in my mind, I'm just saying words, right? Yeah, he. that's how I didn't go into Howard. So he was in that corner behind the, the bed in the nursery with his ear canceling noise on. I was asking questions and his whole job was is to repeat what he was hearing. So when I started asking a series of questions about him being safe or being in that room, shit turned dark quick to the point where I stood up after the last question and stopped it. Like, yeah, dude, this is nuts. And it would come between rooms. It was like, the motion ball would go off, then the motion bar would go off, and it would light up the whole room. And then my motion bar would go off. Like it was standing in front of me waiting for the next question, and then it would go back. The motion bar would go off in front of him, and then the ball would start going off again. Throughout the whole conversation that he's repeating the words that he heard through those earphones – in coordinates with the questions that I was asking. So it was like I was asking the questions and he was answering it through that app. Hmm. And you basically clarified yeah, that was, that app is legit, I would imagine. Well, it, yeah, in that, in that particular time, it, I can't, I couldn't explain why it was so relevant and why it worked so well, but that was, that was something else. That was, it was, yeah, that, it was just something else. App was saying, and I was asking random questions into the dark, and we would listen to his answer because he would yell out what he would hear, and we would ask the questions, and it answered the questions that I would ask. Believe it or not, we recorded it. Like, there's just no way how far he was from me that he could hear what I was saying. There's just not. I think another really compelling thing that came from that was. Um... There was a part earlier before I think the relevance really hit and I was saying things and I, I said the word light and not even a half second later that cat ball started flashing the red and blue light. Um, and when he came in the room and he's like, were you in here juggling that ball or something like he, you know, because it was going off so much. And I, I looked at him like the ball was went off. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll release that in a video coming up, but um, the relevance of the answers and then, you know, to, to hear somebody say the word light and then uh, a motion light go off that's 15 feet away from them that can only go off if you pick up this ball or physically poke it to move it. Um that was crazy in my mind. And then, and then to understand that I was answering relevant questions to a degree was just, it, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty compelling. It'll be neat once we release it to give people a chance to see what, uh, what happened. Cause stop it. Like, yeah, this has gone too far. I'm not comfortable anymore doing this. Mm -hmm. Like we're more and more relevant the further we went on. And when it was about his safety, it was like, this, the, the sentence that came out was like, yeah, I'm done. He's done. Fuck this. We're going to stop right now. Yeah, there's just no way to justify when like somebody's safety is in, in jeopardy to continue doing what you're doing. I, 
Like, yeah, like the way that ball was going off, I looked at our guest and was like, he's in there fucking with that ball. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was off. The damn thing didn't go the rest of the fucking night after that session. It was like it went up a couple times in the basement. And outside that, they didn't do anything. And we were setting up in the whole living room. All right. And he put it right at the edge of the door. And I was sitting on the couch being lazy, just like looking around, feeling uneasy. And he left, went outside to smoke. And when he came back in, the ball was in the middle of that living room's hallway. He, nobody moved it and it never went off. It was, it just wasn't in the same spot that he put it. It was almost like they were, was, they were like, here, like take your toys, basically. I, I, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. But it was like, it was in a spot where it's like, obviously, I wouldn't set it there to try and catch something going in and out of a doorway. Obviously, I'd put it in the doorway itself. And he's like, did you move that ball? And I was like, I haven't been here to move the ball. Because <laughs> it was in an odd place. It was like, why would you put that there? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that story the there... You basically did the test that JB was describing earlier. Like you went into a dark place, you kind of inhibited your senses and you were just there thinking like what was going through your mind during this whole session? You know, uh, it was interesting. The, the anxiety or the thought of, okay, I'm going to do this kind of got my heart beating. Um, but it was like we had the idea and then, or, you know, we decided to do it and then we did it. So I didn't have much thought leading up to it. I was just like, let's get it done. Um, but in that corner, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm concentrating more on what I'm hearing rather than trying to put too much thought into it because I didn't want to, um, like try to hear a, another word that was relevant. I didn't want my brain to like try and figure stuff out. I just wanted to say exactly what I was hearing. So in the moment, you know, I'm concentrating on what I'm hearing and not really thinking about, okay, you're in the haunted nursery at the Sally house, sitting down in the corner, uh, you know, and there's video evidence on ghost adventures of a, of a stuffed bear spinning in, and I'm, you know, right there where the bear, where they caught that bear spinning. Uh, none of that really clicked with me. It was more about, you know, let's listen to what's going on. But then once I took the headphones out and saw the look on his eyes, I was really, really happy that I wasn't by myself in that corner anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in the moment, I, I was concentrating so much on making sure that that what I was hearing is what I was saying, that I didn't give myself the opportunity to really think. But, um, you know, I've been alone in some pretty dark places, and your mind goes places that uh, you can almost psych yourself out super easy without even trying too hard, mm -hmm. you know, and then you put into consideration what you're actually doing there, and you're like, am I crazy? Why am I sitting in this dark room? You know, what's going on? Um, so it's like we've said a couple times, that anticipation of what's going to happen, what if, is it going to happen, uh, when's it going to happen, that kind of thing can really, really get you going. Um, you know, and it was, it was like JV said earlier, um, the exhaustion that comes after you do, uh, you know, an eight-hour-plus investigation where 
your senses are on high alert at all times. Uh, we actually slept in that Sally house. And, and once he laid down on that couch, I don't think, I don't think you were laying down for more than two or three minutes before he was asleep. And I laid down on the floor in a sleeping bag and, uh, you know, it was about five minutes. Well, while we were in there, there was a motion like there was just going silly on the stairs that we couldn't understand. I think it may have, uh, may have been catching like something, something was doing it that, that maybe could be explained because of the rate that it was happening. I, I couldn't explain it, but it's, you know, to me, it was like inconceivable why, while why it was doing it so much, but, um, within like five minutes of laying down, I heard like the loudest boom ever. And I, you know, to me, I, I don't know what it was and we had the camera rolling the whole time. So I really want to go back and see if I hear that, but I sat up and he was zonked out and then I laid down and it didn't take me any time at all before I had passed out as well. So it was like, we just hit that wall where it was like, just pure exhaustion from our senses being on high alert for so long. That was, that was a pretty crazy experience. It's like, um, you know, we just investigated this place and tried to talk to all these spirits and now we're just going to lay down on the floor and sleep here. And, and that's the closest that I can get to understanding what he goes through on a daily basis in his own home. Um, and obviously he's not investigating, but, but I can, you know, somewhat understand to a very small degree what it's like to be, you know, in a house with activity and something happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I have to sleep here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely pretty wild. You know, bumps in the night don't scare you after so long. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've said a hundred times to people, it's amazing what you can get used to. It's just, the definition of evil, I think, that people really need to stop misusing. Yeah. Just because it's something that you can't explain, you know, or leaves a scratch or two, if that's all it does, be lucky. Right. You know what I, think, I mean? Uh, I think that word is pretty marketable. It's a good little tagline on a YouTube title to say, you know, evil. Um, and yet, like you said, it is very misused because there, there might be confused spirits and i've talked to seasoned investigators that will tell you that if you get scratched it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing um you know there's spirits like considered trap spirits out there that um if all of a sudden they think they can get your attention it's just like a two-year-old that you know will yell and scream or throw a tantrum um if they're not getting your att your attention and you know, they'll go to uh, certain lengths that we might not understand as normal, but to them, it's like, you know, listen, listen. And then they'll, they'll put a mark on somebody and that is what, you know, that is what they use to, to maybe get someone's attention. So I think that, that JV is right. The word evil is, is, uh, is used a lot in situations where it might necessarily not be the situation but I think that people, uh, you know, a lot of these shows, they're they're paid to be entertaining. You know, it's like that's what they have to do in order to stay relevant. So they'll they'll use those tag words, I guess, to 
to keep people interested. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them for it. I'm just saying that it's something that's used and, and it should be taken a little bit lighter. Um, because when something's truly evil, it's, uh, it's not the same by any means. Yeah. It's like the storage wars where the producers are put like something valuable in there and, you know, just to keep the show entertaining because we all know every storage unit ain't going to have good stuff in there that people just walk away from. Exactly. And every haunted location you go to isn't necessarily going to give you the best evidence that's going to break the internet at all. That's why I was curious if like JB's presence was just going to like amplify these locations and just like wreak havoc on you on the investigation you guys were doing. I truly think that at times it did. I, I, I mean, to see, to see the, and it wasn't necessarily like a, an explosion boom of one thing. It was the fact that it was uh, longer than what I've ever experienced. Like, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes straight of constant activity where if you're investigating, you know, you put hours into something to get, you know, a couple EVPs or to possibly get uh, some communication through a, a spirit box or through a flashlight or a motion ball. But the degree of activity that was happening was something that I'm not used to seeing. Just constant, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's like it was just constant. It wasn't uh, like, oh, it would come in for a couple seconds and then disappear. And then, boom, you'd get your, uh, you know, your, your good piece of evidence or your good clip. It's like, okay, there's 15 minutes of just continuous activity and it's hard to comprehend until you've actually like been been involved in it in a certain certain way. It's like, how is this possible? <laughs> That's a good description for what people have to look forward to when you guys start dropping these videos, man. I'm I know I'm curious. I'm ready to see them. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be neat. I'm excited to see what else what else we caught that we didn't see with our own eyes. So. I'm just new to the investigative side of it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm at a different place than a lot of these people that go out and look for it. I don't have to go out and look for it. And it's at a time, like there's times that I'll come home and intentionally stir it up. What kind of effect uh, does that have on it? It's like a battle. (laughs) It really is. There's days that I'm ready to, you know, stand toe to toe and, it so much isn't then there's days that catches me on a blind side that you know it's just it just depends man like when you when you deal with something so long and it's almost and i know this sounds weird or crazy but man i i would almost miss it at this point if it wasn't there you know and if i haven't experienced anything that's wow to me and I'll stir it up. Hmm. You know, when I'm, and it's just him and I, there's times that it's like, all right, you got me on a good day, asshole, let's play, you know? And it's like a invisible arguing match and screaming and shit slamming around. Like my neighbors are used to it now. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? there's a couple of times that the neighbors come over the next day and was like, what are you doing? Are you building something in your, your basement or your garage? 
Hodge, like, what the fuck was that noise? I almost called the cops. I was like, don't ever come in here. Came in, was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> just letting him hear random shit that goes on in the house. We just sit at the kitchen table quiet. And he's like, I don't know how the fuck you do it, man. I just, I don't, you know. And he's just at the point where, you know, he'll shoot me a text, like, getting loud, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Hmm. They all know it's just me. Like, I, I don't have very many people to my home. I just don't. And after a while, when it's just you and this and your thoughts, and it just gets to you after a while. My wife works nights. You know what I mean? She doesn't get home until 2.33 in the morning. So from 5 to 3 a.m., I'm alone and at home. Mm-hmm. There's been a few a few times where I'll look down at the phone and I'll be like, man, we've been talking for six, seven, eight hours. You know, this has been a work shift of talking and I enjoy just talking, but um, it's interesting that, you know, we'll just lose track of time, but more it's just keeping his mind off of things. Um, but, you know, it's like... If, I, if I'm not talking on the phone with Rob or, you know, one of my friends from growing up or some mom or family... I have to have music on and that does help. I've noticed that I can take my brain into another place when it's trying to get attention. White noise so I could sleep because it doesn't feel like something right in front of me talking to me. Yeah. And it's a little that you learn over trying to deal with it because, you know, whether or not you want to believe it, if it's here, it's there. And it's either, you know, you can only hide under a blanket for so long before you're like, fuck, I want to breathe normal air. And that's and what your mind just... does. Like, if it's silent, it searches for things to, to hear and see and all that kind of stuff. So I can imagine music helping out quite a bit. That'd be nerve-wracking oh, for me to be like, oh, okay, I can't even go home and have any peace because of what's in my basement after a long day of bullshit at work. That would be absolutely nerve-wracking for me. Dude, I, there's been times in this past eight years, I would say, more like seven, I work two or three jobs. So I come home exhausted to sleep and get up and do it all over again. Like I have been able to keep myself motivated at levels that would, you know, exhaust young kids just to avoid coming home at times, you know, and financially it's helped out, you know, just having, you know, four paychecks every two weeks come in, but I, I've, I've done everything to be able to keep my mind off of it. Mm -hmm. And I have W and everything to show nor no normal person who does what I do during the day also bartends and does other shit, you know, after that, like I make enough money with one job to live comfortably, but I also, you know, I've, I'm not above doing anything to stay out of this home. I've washed dishes. I've served tables. I've bartended. You know, I did night security watch before. I did commercial carpet cleaning. Just anything that I could do that was at night so I could avoid being here alone. Yeah, like they say, what, idle hands is the devil's playground? That sounds a lot like uh, what that thing is down in your basement. Yeah, it's, you know, I... I'm just so glad after the two weeks that I finally realized, you know, the difference between a haunting and what I got going on. Yeah, you got some next-level shit in that basement. That's all I can say. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think um, I found is really interesting, and I've uh, learned this, and I actually freaked him out really bad one night because I was able to tell him exactly where he was in his house. And this was before I had ever visited. But um, there's certain parts of the home where he'll be on the phone, and then all of a sudden uh, it'll start cutting out or get kind of distortion. And it's like, oh, you're standing here, and, like, all of a sudden, like, our conversation got real weird because he's like, is this guy fucking watching me? Like, how does he know exactly where I'm standing in my house? But from talking to him, it's there's something um, as as he walks, like, towards the, the basement door, like, in that hallway that is seen on videos, uh, you know, that has the front door in that. Uh, it's like once he gets over in that area... Uh, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes it'll cut out. It's not like, um, not like a call being dropped, cut out. It's like a, a weird static. Um, I can't really explain what it sounds like. It's almost like, uh, he's, you know, trying to talk through, uh, like a megaphone that's being scratched or something. Um, maybe like some interference I, or I, something like that. I always like that. thought that was super interesting. I, it's like. You know, oh, you got up off the couch and you're standing here. And he's like, why do you know that? <laughs> uh, sound like Rob set up some voyeur cameras in there or something, you know. Dude, I've had a And there was just one night that it was just a, it was a, a unique sound that I had never heard before. And it was like metal scraping across like concrete. Yeah. I don't have any metal down there. So I'm thinking, what in the fuck is it doing now? And I took it off the charger, flipped it sideways because people freak out on YouTube when they don't have the the long full screen mode. But <laughs> my phone sideways hit record and I started going down. I maybe made it six steps down and the phone died. After having and a full charge. That happened. I'm like, yep, I got to go. It was 100%, man. It just got done charging. And it's a new iPhone 12, the Pro Max or whatever. So it charges in like 15 minutes. And within eight steps, six to eight steps, it was dead as a doornail. As in had to plug it in and it waited for a little while before it showed the red battery mark. It drained it that quick. Like just, you done. Yeah, it's definitely feeding off of you, like your emotions, your whatever you're saying to it, your phones, cameras. It's definitely feeding off of you. Rob can attest the way I react in other places versus my own are night and day different. And like I told him on that trip, I'm not going to be afraid of bumps in the night. I'm not going to be afraid of lights going off. This is shit that I've learned to deal with. I was afraid of the stuff that we're investigating now years ago. Right. Now, that high, it's just like a high, vamped, balls to the wall feeling. And I've never been able to reproduce that <laughs> unless I come home. The night I got home, shit went off the hook. <laughs> like that night, last night loud banging screams like it was like well honey i'm home (laughs) welcome home here i am it's important to keep your humor during all this for sure that's the only thing that'll keep you sane 
you have to. You know, it, it's it's hard enough to even fathom the fact that they genuinely could be real. The boogeyman's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then to live like that all the time, what kind of life would that be? You know, and I love the fact that everybody cares a lot. Like, we're concerned about you and all that. And the way I look at it, that keeps me going. You know, I've had more outreach from viewers than I have people that I know, you know, genuinely. <laughs> and that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. You know what I mean? If it hasn't gotten me yet, and it's broke me down to my knees, just begging it, just like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, I just don't think it's something that's going to come and go, man. You know, and I'm a good person. I'm a good-hearted guy. I really am. I have respect for my elders. I do things the appropriate way. I try to live a righteous life. But, you know, just like anybody, I have my quirks, and I like to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we as humans, and, we're all perfectly flawed in our own unique ways. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but like when people are worried about my safety, believe me, you'll know if it's that point. It's just I, I have to live with true evil, I believe. You know, being in places like that hospital where you know people died in agony, it's a whole different vibe, man. Mm-hmm. It's a whole knowing. And I almost feel that if it is separated from you, what is that going to do to me? What is it going to lead me? You know, you get used to it, you know, and it's, it's, it was like, I had this, the last two or three days getting home. It was like, I had this anxious feeling like, fuck, I got to be home. I got to be home. I got to be home. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like I took a deep breath when I heard it going nuts in the basement last night. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, there it is. I was like, it's oh. well, welcome home to you. Essentially. Right. I mean, where you been, motherfucker? Like, I can't go out, but it's almost like, you know, reading through some of the, the ex- so-called experiences that people left in the book um, at the Sally house. Dude, I could tell you 99% of those people are batshit full of it. You just completely... It makes you sad. You know what I mean? Like... It, to say that you went through this type of stuff when some of the top people have been in here and experienced nothing like that, it just takes the the flame away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it dilutes I mean, it. Uh, I think a lot of those people are like uh, paranormal tourists, so to speak. So it's like uh, it drives their uh, it drives their I don't know their their reasoning or you know it's like okay we went there and then it's like their their mind wanders and they can turn like a a you know one thing into something bigger and uh, you know they don't they don't it's, truly know these people were full of fucking shit you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> I didn't demons till I spent the night and I was like but did you finally look in the mirror or what the fuck are you talking about? There was nothing evil in that house. Was it like <laughs> distorted? Yes, for sure. Evil. Nah, man. <laughs> like you, you think, can't uh, come in and sleep in my house and this place is supposed to be so evil, but you know, hundreds of people of years, you know, a year spend the entire night. Some of them with 10 month old children. 
I yeah. can't even get a grown adult to stay the night in my house without him getting sick or something weird fucking happening. You know, <laughs> you know, my house isn't a tourist site either. So I'm not trying to make money off of it either. Yeah. And skeptics we, uh, are like one experience away from being believers. That's what it was for me. And it's like that with my coworkers. When they tell me I'm full of shit that I go in some of these houses and I hear shit, I toss them the key and they look at me like, I ain't going over there. Well, you don't believe in it. Go on over there. Tell me what you hear. Bigger in mind, apparently. Let's see. Yeah, you get drug around on the carpet a couple times. Let me know. Let me see the rash from when you get back. Yeah. We uh, we gave two kids probably the ghost story of their lives. They're going to tell their grandkids about that night at the Sally house. <laughs> we uh, we were sitting in the living room, all the lights out, you know, just kind of sitting there listening. Um, I think we might have had the ITC, like an ovulus type device or something going. And uh, we heard this, this really loud truck, uh, you know, pull down the street. And it was like, exhaust sawed off loud and uh i i kind of got up because i was like they're stopped out front of this house so i went and peeked out of the blinds and it was two young kids walking up the the sidewalk and there there's there was people stopping by there all throughout the day wanting to just kind of get a look or something it was crazy <laughs> and uh yeah and uh and so I let him get like about three steps from the front door. And I just took my fist and pounded about six times on this door. And you hear these kids just go, oh, fuck. And they took off <laughs> running. And you can hear that truck, the accelerator floored about a half mile away. <laughs> For a good like, half mile. It was like, ah. Nice. I bet they had to go home and change your shorts after that one. Oh, dude. <laughs> terror in that kid's voice was priceless and it was being recorded (laughs) (laughs) yeah two more true believers now post that clip because that was uh i couldn't breathe i was laughing so hard (laughs) those little things that kind of break up the monotony of sitting around investigating also help a lot but um, you know, I know, so like in that situation, I know those kids are going to tell some horror story about that home for the rest of their lives. They're going to talk about, you know, encountering something evil. And I think that goes to the point of, you know, uh, I'm not saying every time there was someone banging their fist, but what I am saying is you get so worked up on the history of a location and hearing so many other people say something that then if you do experience something, all of a sudden it's like your mind just immediately goes uh, in line with what everybody else is talking about. But uh, I'd really like to talk to those kids without them knowing that I did that and see what they have to say about their quick visit to the Sally house. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, and just experiencing things like that in general. And then like you asked about some of the locals, like I was at that Helen's bridge and I, I'm normally not a guy that you could just walk up on and just get a reaction out of me to start chatting it up with you. But these two younger dudes were cool and they lived in the area and I started chatting it up with them and they told me where that bridge led, which led to this castle. <laughs> no shit. This was the biggest house I've ever seen. And that was creepier in the bridge. But it was one of those places when you walk up on it, you're so taken back by the sheer size and you know it's a home that it it made me paranoid like yeah i'm definitely not supposed to be anywhere near this thing 
And it, it added to that and just hearing how they had grown up and heard those stories. It was, it made it, it makes me think as a person, like a lot of these sites and a lot of these places, if they're not known for sure with viral viable facts behind it, how much of it was like the kid ringing the doorbell with us waiting on the other side in the dark. Mm -hmm. Exactly. These stories had been produced from somebody that was fucking with somebody like us, but didn't know them to say, Hey, we got you. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's a lot of how I felt in some of these places, the more televised they are, like, here's a good example. If you go on a YouTube search and you type in the third bridge, not only will you get news reports, but every well-known YouTuber has driven a mile away from my home to investigate one of Colorado's mainstream, you know, paranormal sites. And a lot of why it's got such a bad rep is because it has such a, a folklore to it that these kids go out there and get killed because it's, it's not a, a road that you can just pull off to the side of comfortably. You know what I mean? It's a country road and there's no lights. And when you come up on this bridge, you come up on it hot. I mean, it's a 60 mile an hour road. So if you got kids that are half hanging out into the fucking street and you come down that hill to where that bridge is located, they're going to fucking take you out. And a lot of kids have died going down there to get that thrill. But, you know, in that general area, it was a, an Indian slaughter site. Like we came in Americans and just wiped out this whole tribe for killing a couple ranchers in that area. So the original haunting of that bridge was, is that it was close enough to that site that you could hear Indian drums, which I personally have experienced. I've heard them and there's nothing out there that would be beating an Indian drum. Cause it's a fucking farm field. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, since then, and that, that, this is when I was in high school that, you know, and I'm, I'm 39 that I knew about that. But since then, you know, on YouTube, there's all these stories like, oh, there was this guy that gutted himself here. And, you know, the devil came and would sell people's souls here. It's like, no, none of that shit is ever how it got its name. It, it gets its name, the third bridge, because it's the third bridge from the highway. And the Indian drum was the only thing that's been recorded to have ever been paranormal there. Like mm. you can clear as day hear an Indian drum beating and it's, it's not wind blowing shit. This is a drum. It's plain as day has rhythm. And that was it. Now, if you go on to YouTube and look at all the different theories and things that it's all conjecture, you know what I mean? Like they blow it up for entertainment value. Then it becomes a local hotspot. People put themselves in danger because they think that they're going to see the devil making a deal with somebody for a soul. Like it, it's just outlandish. And I felt a lot of that on this trip. Like, yeah, it looks creepy, but I can also understand how stories would become, you know, posed from this. Right. It wasn't, I got into locations where there was verifiable proof that horrible deaths happened there. 
you know what I mean? Like things that are bad, like being on life support and having to unplug people because there was no power left who lives, who dies type shit, you know, just, you can feel the difference in the energy. And I think that, you know, the places that I would like to get into are on those roads less traveled. It's that farmhouse with the family that's been reaching out for help like me, that you're going to get the best stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this isn't a tourist spot. These are people that are like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. Please. Those are the types of stuff that you can get into that will let you feel like what I do. It's by people who genuinely are looking for somebody to help them, but no one's able to. And I see what you're saying here. I'm looking at YouTube and I see a possession at the third bridge in Colorado legends, truths, experiences. So people definitely inflate what you've been saying. Right. And every spot, every location, I don't care where you are in the world, you're going to have those sites that where one small thing happened in over 150 years. Now it's a local hotspot for what, you know, fucking satanic rituals. Dude, if there was so many satanic rituals, how come nobody's, you know, pinned one of them, secretly recorded it and then put it on the Internet? Mm hmm. I'm still waiting for those videos to come out. You know, they can, they can get shit on video, like a fucking mountain breathing, basically, or, you know what I mean? Or aliens. Why can't they get a picture of a satanic ritual actually happen? Yeah, exactly. In every crew. (laughs) Everybody's got a a camera in their pocket these days. Right. You know, and I, I think even with satanic rituals and stuff like that, like I think that, in 2021, there would be video proof that these these things genuinely do happen. Or is it just another group of assholes that walk around with black fingernails and say that, you know, they're they're spawns of Satan and they're they're afraid of their own shadow? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because of the way they look like Marilyn Manson, for example, smartest guy I've ever heard on an interview has nothing to do. But he plays on that shock and awe and it made him a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that de- never, guy is definitely way out there decided. sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the dude never removed a rib to give himself fellatio. It never happened. <laughs> now tell me how many people look that up after that was like, that rumor got out there. How many guys look that up? Oh, you mean, you mean so we could see if we could do it or to see it's if like, yep. Is that all I had to do? <laughs> Will it work if I broke it? <laughs> I don't want to lose it, but I could break it for a little while. <laughs> That's what I always say. If we were like a lot like dogs, yeah, we would never leave the house if we could lick ourselves, man. It'd be yeah. <laughs> like if I had all the tools, both sexes, I would be like, I would never leave the couch. <laughs> It'd be like, oh. <laughs> hey, weirdo. <laughs> Oh, man. That's too funny. Yeah, it definitely well, sounds I like think, yeah, you guys had so. a hell of a road trip. That's what I'm going to say. Sounds like you had a good time. Did you experience anything at the Devil's Tramping Ground? I know that was one of your steps on your itinerary. After looking into it, dude, I just, there was another place there. It was called the Web Estate. And little did I know that all the reporting on it was from like 2008. The house had been sold at auction and completely redone. That was the cool one that we were looking at. But. Rob had some 
medical stuff come up again um, in North Carolina and had to go back home. And I wasn't about to go camp at something like that alone. So I, you know, moved aside from that one. And just when you do research and after going through some of the stuff that I had seen along the way up to that point, there was nothing verifiable that would, you know, make me go there other than to see a circle in the middle of a forest that absolutely won't grow anything. Mm -hmm. So the other big thing about it is like, uh, to visit that place is like, uh, it's your entire day and night, you know, you don't, uh, and, and doing a road trip like that, you try and make sure that it's efficient and you're doing things well and hitting them well, but you're also not like, uh, you know, taking the entire day and night off the plate to go set up a a tent in a place. Um, And we kind of came to the decision that it had a good backstory. It was interesting. But at the same time, uh, like JV had said, we were trying to find places that were kind of off the beaten path, maybe not as well known um, that we could go and visit and maybe uncover something that that hasn't been, uh, you know, necessarily beaten to death as far as, uh, you know, people going and checking it out and then allowing stories to just kind of run rampant. So we kind of made that decision. Yeah. And then, you know, I had confidence, you know, so it kind of worked out, you know, Rob was saying we had talked that, you know, to get a full effect of some of this stuff and be able to face my fear better, you know, to go put myself through some real investigations and spots that were known to have it and then see how it would react to myself. And so on my venture alone, I did the bridge. I went to a couple of ghost towns and then I made it to the Sally house and I had went in and I have an initial, I record this little fancy say hello and introduce myself and walked into the house and you can see nothing fucking happened. All right. And then, um, I sat down on the couch and I, I, I tried to stir it up like I did at home. You know what I mean? Like I knew something was in the home, but I knew it wasn't like a little girl, if that made sense. So, as you will see in my video, you know, I'm, I'm not going to post that part of it because people kind of freak out when they see people, what do they call it, provoking, you know, and I just treated it like I'm here. If you're with me, let's stir this fucking pot. And I sat down on the couch by myself and I got that feeling and I had to get out of there, man. <laughs> like I didn't go back in there again unless somebody was with me. And I had taken that, like I said, that photo, and you could clear as day, see a man standing there in period-type clothing, looking right back out at me. But it was human. You know what I mean? If you zoom in at the face at the bottom of my stairs, they look nothing alike. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My fear was you were going to be an amplifier for the phenomenon and all these uh, different stops. That's what my fear was during this trip. It did, man. I mean... I would say that it was more consistent than a lot of things that I've seen people catch for sure. Um, and I felt it around the whole time for sure. I, I did like, but it's, it's stuff that I'm used to have happening now. 
Yeah, you should have heard the the first conversation I ever had with him about catching evidence and uh, you know the stuff that we can we can catch if we do an investigation. He's like, why would we do that? You know, like he he didn't understand like how how much interest people have in a good EVP or a, a good light anomaly catch or like those motion balls maybe going off a few times. Um, it was like you know I've got these shadows that I'm catching and this shit going on in my house, why am I going to go somewhere a thousand miles away and, and catch a, a whisper or a, a light going off? In and, five uh, hours. <laughs> yeah. Give me, <laughs> give me a fucking bottle of sake and, you know, a joint and I'll stir so much activity up in this house that you'll leave it. <laughs> you know, like that's the type of shit that I've come used to. So when, like I said, like the whole investigative side of it and trying to get it to interact, like that's not what I'm dealing with. And it takes a lot of energy for those things to interact like that. And I could feel that like, it was like, I could feel a pull off me. If that made it sense. Like, is this all you got? Like, whatever, man, I've had some bad experiences after a night of drinking sake. Like they had to wheel me out on a dolly a couple times. (laughs) I get balls of steel and they're made of gold. You know what I mean? You want to play? Let's play. Start clanking them together, you'll shoot sparks out your ass, man. That's how intense it gets. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, another thing that that people kind of lose sight of or or don't have the understanding of is uh, he catches this stuff, uh, but when we post something the the activity responds to it negative it definitely responds to it and like you know he'll catch something months prior and we'll we'll be able to clip it and post it or something and without us even like having to talk about it nothing once it's posted and gets a little traction the the way that that whatever's there responds to it is it's it's very intriguing but at the same time it's like somehow it knows it's getting attention if that makes sense i don't i i can't understand it but um you know once i was able to 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 actually understand that that's what's going on and you know like you said people are like oh go downstairs it's like well okay you're watching the live but when the live stops and he turns off the camera whatever's there doesn't just stop because he turns something off in fact it probably gets a little worse yeah so and so when these videos are posted, it's like somehow, uh, you know, things things really amp up. And it's like, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd never, uh, I still can't quite put a finger on, you know, even believing it. I, I mean, I've seen it happen. I know it happens, but it's like, wow, you know, you post something and it's like something that's happened a while back. But you post it in the night that you post it, all of a sudden it's like shit ramps up. And and it like responds to it in a way. Mm-hmm. Being, Best way I could describe that, I'll put it into a, a a clear cut way. Imagine you, bud, if you went out and you, let's say, had some indiscretions with a a woman that you would never admit it with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you did it because it was in the moment that nobody would find out about it. Well, let's say that that individual took a videotape of it and then published it for the world to see. 
like you hammering away at her and (laughs) you know what I mean? Just getting live. And it was, it would be somebody that no one, you know, would be like, Holy fuck. What were you thinking, man? Like, Oh my God. How would that make you feel? I think we've all had that experience where we woke up next to a bucket of yuck and we're like, Oh my God, what was I doing? Now imagine if they put that out on a video, like (laughs) you just getting down on this, like, Just ghastly woman. You know what I mean? They'd be like, wow, how desperate were you, dude? You could have just jerked off. You know what I mean? Now imagine if people find that out. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I didn't mean to post it. It gets that mad. Yeah, I know when I'm on there on like the lives and they're like all telling you, go downstairs, go downstairs. I'm thinking like, man, this reminds me of like telephone tough guys back in the day that would, you know, talk shit over the phone, but they're not the ones there to actually experience what's going on. And that's just me because, you know, I'm in my forties and I remember when we only had telephones and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I agree. That was a peaceful time, right? (laughs) The old telephone tough guy, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, asshole, I'm on my way. And you can tell me this to my face. No, fuck you. I'm not even going to be here. (laughs) (laughs) What's the, uh, what movie, the end of, uh, is it Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, where they've got that, like, thick, thick book of paper. And it's all the people that, that trash talked them on the internet and they show up and knock on doors and start beating the shit out of like 13 year olds. <laughs> Are you There's some I blue 69? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a bag of dicks for you, asshole. Now go to your room, use your tears as lube again to jerk off because you're a lonely little sack of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, when they're asking you to go downstairs, I'm like, it's different when you're a thousand miles away on a, you know, behind a computer screen than actually being there and experience what it's really like. Yeah, it's a, it's a really easy thing to type in, but. And if you ever really want to know if something's real or not, reaction, reaction, reaction. Because let's face it, I have seen this thing so many times. And I still get just as scared as the first time I saw it. 100%. I, had a, I had a debate with a coworker. Cause, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I had a debate with one of my coworkers because I showed him your video where you woke up in the middle of the night and that fucking thing just, you know, starts standing up. They were trying to tell, oh, that's just a person. Is like no person with the skeletal structure could stand up the way that fucking thing just kind of just started just getting taller straight up I there see. was no bend it was just like here i come like a boner and i was like show just me like, I, I told him do it for me do it for, and they couldn't do it they kept falling over i said exactly it's not it's not a setup dude it's not it's really not and i ran right at it so something that big would have had to move real quick to get away and i don't have a lot of furniture nor a lot of places to hide mm-hmm you know what I mean? And that's what people don't get. Like, I'm not one of those guys that saves everything I get at all. In fact, if I don't have a use for it, I don't keep it around. I don't like clutter. I don't like things that could carry germs. Like, I didn't get COVID because I already practiced social distancing. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I'm just that type of person. I don't need all that. 
Everybody got so that shit around me. I was working two full-time jobs during the whole pandemic. Everybody at both jobs got the COVID. I never got the shit. I was like, I apparently I'm immune to it or something. Yeah, and I just think that it attacks certain people and others that it doesn't. You know, I got my shots, and if, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. It's, it's fucking cold to me, you know what I mean? And to other people that are older and, you know, sicker or higher risk, then... Yeah, it's going to make you sick. You know what I mean? It's it's designed to do that. Yeah, there's a whole level of paranoia around that stuff, man. You'll come in with like a sniffle and people think you got the COVID. And it's like, no, I got a cold. This was around well before this COVID nonsense. So, yeah. It's like, remember, there are other elements that make you sick other than COVID, you psychos. Try <laughs> <laughs> having a smoker's cough and, or having, you know, a smoker's cough and having an attack in public. All of a sudden you feel like you're uh, you're like the zombie. You know, everyone's getting away from you. It's like, I just got a dry throat. Unfortunately, I'm a smoker and that's what you're yeah. hearing. <laughs> but yeah. I've never had looks like that in my life. <laughs> you know, it was like, stay away. I, I did well during COVID too, man. I, I worked. I did everything I needed to do. I didn't get laid off. I didn't take no pay cuts. I didn't take no unemployment. I worked my ass off. And where everybody else was like locked down and scared to come out of their home, I had a free shot on the highway, drove to the Grand Canyon, slept inside some Indian ruins at Navajo Point. Like there was nobody there to tell me not to drive down there. So instead of taking three a three-hour hike, I just drove my car down the access path. <laughs> yeah, I remember you told me that story because that's pretty close to me. I'm up here in Flagstaff, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that village inside the, the side of the mountain. Yeah, that you know, is insane. That's a, cool, that's a cool trip. I recommend that to anybody who's in the area. Oh, man, I blazed up in that place, and in the middle of the night, it was like, oh, man, I felt spiritual. <laughs> I did. I was sitting inside of a ruined history or a city that you can walk around in the day, camped out, smoked my weed, woke up refreshed, saw the sun coming up and got to soak all that in. And I, I've never experienced anything like that, man. Yeah, that thanks. was the, one of the coolest moments in my life. And it, just the way those people lived back then was, God, it would be cool to live like that today. Thank God so, we, we legalized that stuff in the state, too, because, you know, we followed your guys' lead, and I'm like, thank God, finally. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's the a... benefits of that <laughs> outweigh any of the negatives, and people, oh, you know, people with chemo don't. I was like, have you ever been high as fuck and in, a, like, a convenience store at 3 a.m. looking at a burrito like you're staring into the eyes of Jesus? Yeah, it makes yeah. you eat. <laughs> like oh the things i'm gonna do to you when i get you out of the microwave <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't even do that to farm animals but you yes you <laughs> you get the whole deal pal. <laughs> sometimes i don't even let it get in the microwave man just eat it like a popsicle <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah because uh man Edibles are a big thing for me, man. When I can't sleep or my back's bothering me, I pop, you know, even half an edible and I'm good for like eight hours. Yeah. I mean, the, I love it. It's just thank the, God for weed. That helps me sleep, man. And people are like, oh, well, he just overdoes it. It's like, you even know how marijuana works. <laughs> nope. And that's not, that's not adding to what you're experiencing. You don't see shit like that when you're high on marijuana. You don't see fucking shadow figures and hear shit like that. Oh, oh, man. If that was the case, 
Oh, I'd be smoking that shit up all the time still. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking mushrooms or, you know, dropping LSD into my eyelids, you fucking psycho. Like, I, I know it's not the weed. <laughs> like, did I get my camera high, too? Like, you fucking phone drug addict. <laughs> like, I've seen some people in the comments suggest that. I'm like, you just have no idea, man. You got that purist mentality. Until you experience it, you have no fucking frame of reference. No. And it's better than my- one of my favorite things was uh, in the video where he had the sage, and so many people thought it was a giant blunt. <laughs> <laughs> like the Cheech and Chong one, huh? <laughs> it's Labrador. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I thought he was going down there to smoke with it or whatever. And it's like, this is a giant piece of sage that he's waving around. And there's so many people that thought that he was just going down there, like uh, antagonizing it with a giant rolled up blunt. <laughs> that was smoking that's probably why it's got 20 million views have you had uh, any luck like reaching out to mindseed i know you'd mentioned that in a video as well have, have they have like responded to your request no no nothing and- huh? over a million people million and a half people and you gotta understand like just the people that i have and i have a pretty big following on tiktok i do it's almost four hundred thousand people now and after a while just like him i can attest like when you go through that initial shell shock like oh fuck people are really watching my shit now and you start to dig into them comments the last thing that you want to do is try to go through each one of them to find the few good ones and all of the the mean, hateful shit that you have to read outside that. So, I mean, you know, over time, I think that the more my story gets out there and the more that I produce, because I live in a hotbed of proof, you know what I mean? And I will come out with more videos from my home. I, I will do that. It's just I have to pick and choose my battles wisely, man. I'm 39, and I, I have to function, you know what I mean? And if I, if I put out a couple real solid videos, it's the price I have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I don't so feel bad. I'm, also, I'm 42, um, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like a bad hangover. I drink now, and I'm sick for a week. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. When I when I pop off a video on one of these things, it's it's a month oh, man. before I can back to normal. And it's like people are like, where the fuck is he? Did he die? Oh, it must be fake. He didn't post anything else. It's like, if that's your logic, oh, people should be sterilized at birth. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, another reason that we've been kind of... Uh, kind of iffy about getting help from other uh you know youtubers or big, these big youtube channels and, and jb and i've discussed this but it's like you know just like uh any of the shows you know they're they're out to produce something that's entertaining um, or all their content such bullshit that they don't want to respond to me and fear of actually having to spend something real because right. they're just be that chance that when they get here, their whole thing's going to be exposed because they're going to run out of here like I do. <laughs> I think the, yeah, the, 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 the only thing, thing I can think 
Exactly. And, and we don't, it's like, we don't want to use his, um, you know, his misfortune to give someone a viral video because they might have some type of history of helping. But mm -hmm. the fact is they have a profession that they have to do and they don't have, you know, multiple weeks to spend trying to help get rid of something. They'll want to come in with cameras and try and catch something. And I'm not saying that everyone has like ill intent, but it's just a fact that, you know, they're there to, to try and catch evidence for their channel for entertainment. And well, how many of they them leave follow ups like, hey, this is what we did for this person and this is how they're living now. I can't find any. No, they don't really they don't really solve it. They just identify and say, Yeah, this place is fucked up and that's kind yeah. of the end. It's and like we don't need we don't need someone else to prove that. <laughs> we know already that it's fucked up. I've proven it. <laughs> I've proven it to damn near a lot of parts of the world. Like there's I get comments in different languages from from places I've never even heard of. You know what I mean? Like I wish I could read all of them or understand what they were saying because that auto translate shit, I am convinced just tells you what, you know, it wants to tell you. We're <laughs> like, <laughs> near accurate of what this person's trying to say. It's just what that word is spelt like in English half the time. And it's really bad when there's three sentences and then you translate it and it comes back to like six words. You're like, I don't know about that. Fuck. <laughs> but it just, I, I've never seen how they actually help. Like, everybody's saying the Foreman Brothers. Have you ever seen a follow-up from a Foreman Brother video? I don't even know who that is, to tell you the truth. <laughs> They're that memorable. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody's like, oh, you got to go to them. It's like, I would rather wait in line for Casey Nolan to come to my home and actually do this. And I don't care if it's here to help, just to have another perspective on it with his equipment. And... I think a lot of the people that would be in line behind them wouldn't fuck with it just because they know that their reaction wouldn't match what they've been putting out. Did you watch like his earlier stuff? Like when he, cause we all know that the Dybbuk box thing is bullshit. That was made up. And I think you even touched on the, the Dybbuk box. There's no such thing as that. In, in That's another highly marketable word that people jumped on the bandwagon of using because they could get clicks out of it. But yeah, I, I, well, I personally remember mine seed, uh, Casey's first video with that Dybbuk box. And, uh, that was before he really even got into investigating. Right. It was, mm -hmm. uh, it was just like an open, like, like a, almost like a mail thing that some of those YouTubers do. Let me open this and see what we got. Dark. Right. Web. Like, yeah, he did the dark web videos a couple times. And then all of a sudden he had that video or that, uh, you know, those kind of caught fire a little bit for him. So he's like, well, let's try this Dybbuk box thing. Because if you type in Dybbuk box on eBay or on Craigslist, there's so many people selling these boxes. There's people that have, you know, uh, 20 different ones posted at the same time. And they'll tell you like, oh, I, uh, you know, I bought a, a lot at an auction and I got 20 Dybbuk boxes. It's like, come on. You know, and, and so they're trying to make their money and that's fine. But I don't think that it's it's really a fair assessment of, uh, you know, what's actually going on in people's homes. Well, um, under that, I'm I'm Jewish. 
and I, I know a lot of Jewish people naturally. And I've went to rabbis that are older. They're one of the senior figures in our religion. And there is nowhere in Jewish history, all races that have had Jewish um, religious backgrounds, um, have a divic box anywhere in history. They laugh about it. A divic is like a, a demon. Okay, and the the definition of divic means to stick or attach. So divics uh, stick and attach to people to possess them and take control of them, and that's that goes back centuries. That goes back long time. These entities in the Jewish religion, just like you know, in Arabic, they they call them jinns, and we call them demons. You know what I mean? And the rabbi that I was talking to, he, he was laughing so hard and, you know, hugging me. He's like, did you not learn anything growing up? If you think you can trap a divic in a box, then you need to start all over again. <laughs> <laughs> you should have now been like, uh, things go well, back to where people were known to curse items and put them in boxes like that. But it was through the Kabbalah. So there was people out there that would curse things and you know they would they would keep them confined in a, 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 a an item or a vessel that had been prayed over which usually a vessel of that sort would be the logical thing a box mm-hmm. so this guy had made an elaborate story up with that wine box and you know there was 10 of them there, there's only 10 divic boxes in the world Little did anyone know the guy's not Jewish and he was just a very intelligent marketer, you know, and the guy from Ghost Adventures, that Zach Bagans guy, purchased it from him. And going back to what we were saying earlier, if you psych yourself up enough about it, then you can physically manifest that happening. So the fact that this guy totally duped the world on this box and even a, a predominantly known, you know, ghost hunter, you know, it, it probably was more of a curse that, you know, was on an item from the Kabbalah on that side of it, not a divic that they claimed that had been trapped inside of a, a little box. And, and, and it, if you really think about it, the original Divic box didn't have fucking wax anywhere on it, just on the insides to hold the contents in so you can move it. It's not something that they sealed in wax. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the whole concept of that is it's it's items that have been placed in there that could have had some, you know, sort of attachment, but Let's just face it. The guy came clean and it was fucking fake. It was all made up. You know what I mean? So for every story like that, there's going to be a counter to keep that narrative up. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, the legitimate stuff, the credibility gets, you know, challenged when it shouldn't. But that's because people run around telling everybody there's Dybbuk boxes everywhere. Right. You know, and I, I, oops, sorry, go ahead. I, I prove that point. You know, I bought a Dybbuk box online for 50 bucks. It said, I will take anything at this point, make an offer. And I said, all right, 
50 bucks, sent it to me, wrote this long, enduring letter. I just can't be responsible for anything that happens while you're in possession. And it was just like, I bet if I ordered another one, I'd get the same letter. Yeah, it's just a chain letter, essentially. Exactly. And he made 50 bucks off a box he bought from a pawn shop for $3. You know what I mean? And that's that's plain and simple. And just like you were saying earlier, like cursed items and shit like that, like I'm not all the way sold on it. I'm not I'm either. Not. Uh, I was having a conversation about like um, voodoo dolls and like shrunken heads the other day. I'm not not sure about those. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I think anything that's made with human hair or human tissue could definitely be cursed for sure. Right. If it happened, yeah, have, have an attachment, something like that. Yeah, depending on how that person passed away, too. If it was violent, there's definitely attachment to that. Right. right. And some of the stuff like Ed and Lorraine stuff, like let's let's the elephant in the room would be Annabelle for the the holy grail of cursed items. Now, to go back in depth with something like that, like I believe Ed and Lorraine actually experienced evil like I have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These were genuine people that reached out through weird circumstances and said, hey, you've got to check this out. But to keep getting locations like that, I think everything's always a little embellished. Yeah, and look what Hollywood did with that. They Look at what they made the doll. The real doll is like a Raggedy Ann doll. And it's the one that they made, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one they made is this like creepy looking porcelain thing. And it's like, that's nothing like the real Annabelle. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. Right. If you look at a lot of co- creators out there, it it it's everybody's Raggedy Ann doll. You know what I mean? And to see utter excitement, in my opinion, of like a door moving a, a tenth of an inch or, you know, an EMF reader going off or stuff like that. That is very basic entry level, low energy, expends a lot of energy to do that little bit. You know, is it evidence? Debatable. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be things that interact with that stuff that you and I haven't ever even heard of. It's the, it's the energy that it pulls. And I can tell you from what I experience, it doesn't need much to make itself known. Mm. And it only stops when it it's ready to stop. You know what I mean? When it gets real mad, lights will dim. Phones will die immediately. Things will shut off, but light bulbs will explode. I'll tell Absolutely. you what, I don't like Raggedy Ann dolls. Uh, there was a couple in a house that I went into one time. They were like young child size. I don't know where the hell they got these things. I put those things in a closet because I didn't even want to see them while I was walking around this house. <laughs> exactly, man. But when you want to pull serious energy, man, and that's that's the thing that I noticed. It was the energy that was required to make a light turn on versus the energy that's required here, and it's not the same. It doesn't feed off of like power like it is. If anything, it is the power. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were like some of the younger coworkers of mine. They're like, well, why is the rich people's house haunted? I was like, some of these people are fucking eccentric and they will buy like shit that's not necessarily legal and they'll put it in their house and that has attachments to it. That's where I think a lot of the shit's coming from. Well, and not only that, how many rich people want to publicize that they have a ghost in their house? Oh, zero. 
How many right. people would that damage the way that they're looked at in their community, their profession? Mm-hmm. Think about like, oh, shit, we thought Dr. You know Johnson was a great guy. And then all of a sudden he said that he believed in ghosts and demons. Now we can't take our kids to see him. You know what I mean? He's a kook. It's funny That's that you mentioned like Ed and Lorraine because I know a guy who is a professor up here at the university who actually worked with him as an intern when he was younger and wrote a lot of some papers on him or something, but he refuses to talk about the experience because he's ostracized by his fellow professors. Right. That's why I don't put my face in my videos and tell YouTube. And I'm not going to lie, I've had to answer some pretty hard questions. They're like, is this just a hobby? And that's like, like I tell my viewers, I don't ask you to believe any of it, but if you want to watch it, watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like tattoos. Everybody thinks that people get tattoos because they have some secret meaning. Dude, I am covered in tattoos and not one of them has a fucking meaning. You know what I mean? It was it was the artwork I was attracted to when I was trying to get a tattoo that day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, well, I'm going to pick this, you know, this rose because it signifies, you know, coming to life and blooming into maturity. That shit doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Very rare people say something like that or get a name that's obvious. But clearly, that's my daughter. You know what I mean? Or my wife or grandma. Yeah, I think even in my early 40s, I don't think I've hit maturity yet because the way I goof off sometimes. Yeah, me too, man. I don't want to get old. Are you kidding? And then these kids that I work with are like, let's go out and drink some White Claws. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want to go out and get white girl wasted tonight, man, don't I? (laughs) I'm going no or skiing, pal. I don't want nothing to do with your White Claw. And I'll tell you what, I've had the worst hangovers off those damn things than like any like hard liquor or beer in my life. I always come out of it like, oh man, I barely survived. All that yeah. sugar in them. Oh God, those seltzers. And that's all the rage right now. Now you got ranch water, you got Trulies, you got White Claws. Everybody's got these seltzers. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> remember Zima? <laughs> oh God, I remember those. Those were the best. You throw could throw Jolly, Jolly Ranchers. Ranchers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly Rancher or the Puckers. I bought Puckers and poured it in because it was like a liquid Jolly Rancher with more alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I was all excited That's when those good. made a comeback. I bought a 12 pack of it and God, I got wrecked on that. <laughs> like that sweet Sprite flavor with a little bit of a bite. Boom. <laughs> we were actually talking about uh, JV and I were when Four Locos first came out. I think <sighs> I was like just out of high school or something when they first came out and those things were so dangerous. Like I bought, I bought two tall boys is like, okay, well I'll just drink a couple tall boys and then go out. Then all of a sudden I woke up the next morning and the second one was still half full (laughs) and uh, had no clue what happened. I think they've changed their recipe since then, but. And you got a girl sleeping next to you. Like, Oh my God. Even (laughs) I'll test like, did anything happen? Oh my god! <laughs> or if it's if it's a really crazy night, you wake up to some dude. You just better make sure your pants are still on. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a story behind it. Uh, oh wow! The guy that had uh, really no messed idea. his knee up, and he he had no choice. But to lay down there. So it was like we woke up and we actually learned because he went to the hospital. 
we learned that we had both been roofied oh, Jesus. that night, but he slipped and tore oh, his no. knee really bad. And, uh, then <laughs> we, you know, it was like, okay, you chill here. I fireman carried him to the car and then into the, into the house. And it was like, well, you're not going to be the only one sleeping in my bed. Cause I'm not sleeping on the floor in my house. Right. And <laughs> wake up next to him. It was like, we were both still fully closed. I think his shoes were still on, but it was like, what happened? <laughs> you're in the clear as long no as idea. nobody's got morning like, sickness. All I know is I've got to crawl. <laughs> I can't walk anywhere. <laughs> no morning sickness. You're in the clear. Oh, yeah. man, I would have hung out to see who roofied me. I mean, shit. <laughs> it, was one of those, uh, it was one of those parties in college where you see a, a big water cooler, and then we saw somebody walk in and dump two-fifths of Jaeger in it, and we were like, oh, cool, you know? And that was a, a very bad idea to, to think that we could trust a water cooler full of random liquor. <laughs> very untrustworthy That's also how scary movies start <laughs> oh, yeah so i got one of those um, a lot of movies of very different genres can start i got one of those jägermeister <laughs> machines that you know you put the fifths in there and it chills them i was like man i gotta get rid of that thing before it gets me oh, <laughs> yeah that's a good move if they hadn't even smell that stuff anymore did my hockey oh <laughs> that'd be a deep shit Put it in like one of those uh, commercial uh, hot tea dispensers or something. It'll you can set the temperature and huh, that's a good Christmas present. Out of the machine at that time, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that because it has such low alcohol volumes that it, I don't have a problem if I drink the whole bottle. Because there's <laughs> what I would have drank if I drank vodka. Yeah, everybody's ha everybody has a liquor that they can no longer drink. Like mine's SoCo. I almost OD'd on that when I was nineteen. Ooh. I can't even smell the stuff or else I start getting sick. Man, they, uh, I actually learned that they sell one hundred proof SoCo too. Oh god. Yeah, that's even more dangerous. <laughs> mine was uh mine was really cheap vodka and blue Gatorade. Blue Gatorade now I can't even be in a room if someone opens it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the thing where it was like it didn't matter the specific type of vodka, but it was always like a six dollar fifth of vodka and two blue Gatorades, ten bucks, you're good to go. And uh, eventually hit a hit a wall where it was like I'd open the blue Gatorade and it would just ruin my night. <laughs> <laughs> I like Fireball, and I'd take it fly fishing. And by the time I was done with the fly fishing day, and the whole pint was gone, I was a complete dumpster fire. And then <laughs> I realized it was outlawed in some countries because it's as bad as antifreeze. So it's like, all that, right, well, that stuff is a trap. It's right there at every gas station in the tubs, the little shots. Man, yeah. it's just overmarketed. Oh, <laughs> it's everywhere. I've gotten fucking tuned up on that shit and it <laughs> never ends well no nothing i'm convinced nothing good happens after 2 a.m no matter what but when there's uh when there's certain types of liquor involved you can bump that time back to like 10 or 11 and nothing well nothing good happens when you open it but <laughs> yeah that's called time traveling when you're just drunk you're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like your brain it's, your brain shuts off, but your body keeps working. 
<laughs> this just doesn't make sense. You know, I wanted to I wanted to mention because we've talked a, a few times about how um, how the mind is such a powerful thing, and it that always reminds me they actually have a name for uh, entities that are created by people's minds. It's called a PK manifestation, psychokinetic. And there are situations where, uh, you know, you'll get like a, a, a mom that's just super stressed out and she's just constantly in her home, you know, walking back and forth, just stressed to the gills about whatever is going on in her life to the point where they will start having paranormal activity and they can't put their finger on where, why, or when it started. And, uh, there's actually like, if you have a shade of ability, you can create these PK manifestations that will be like dark black clouds and they will actually, uh, have the ability to scratch people. Um, one of the neatest, uh, examples of that in like a horror movie yeah and, and one of the neatest and when i say neat not like uh not like it's a good thing but there was uh there was a man that uh committed a murder and was sitting on death row and the home that it happened in started having paranormal activity and somehow they were able to trace it back and i guess somehow like uh you know, they caught some EVPs that kind of referenced the guy's name. So their first jump to was, oh, this guy's passed away. And now he's uh, stuck here in the home that he committed the crime. Well, they found out that the, the gentleman was still sitting in death row. And so he's in a cell by himself 23, 24 hours a day. And he was just constantly pondering what he did and replaying it. To the point that somehow, and, and I don't know if, you know, obviously I'm not saying that this is concrete proof of it happening, but somehow there all of a sudden started being uh, activity that started happening in this house. And it was like he somehow projected that activity. So it's not like super far-fetched to think that if you're really going through some shit and you know, you're stressed and you're depressed and, you know, you're letting your mind just constantly replay it. It is, uh, there are theories and there are examples of supposed situations where people have created these PK manifestations, um, you know, that, that start showing some pretty wild activity inside of homes. It's a, it's a neat thing to research just because of, uh, you know, the possibilities behind it. But, that kind of goes hand in hand with what JV spoke about that uh, Dybbuk box and how it had a big story played up. Um, you know, when people say, oh, your imagination ran wild and that's why you see stuff, uh, these things can actually, you know, possibly be created by people constantly thinking about it. Um, even some cryptids, uh, like the rake, for example. Uh, you know, it was just like a legend. It was never uh, anything that people had sightings of, um, or Slender Man, I guess, is a good one. Uh, you know, that started as a game on the internet, and, you know, it kind of had a story. But all of a sudden, people started reporting, uh, you know, having 
uh, interactions or having witnessed seeing Slender Man or having witnessed seeing this rake that was like uh, like legend in a sci-fi book or wherever it originated. But um, yeah, well, there's there are some videos that are supposed catches of it, but you know you can you can take that with a grain of salt i think you don't really know exactly what to trust but um and i'm telling you yeah. no average person and let's face it a lot of these people out here that are catching shit are average joes you know what i mean that exactly pick up their phone at the right time at the right place and they got it I, yeah. i'm of those people <laughs> you right. know what you know how many times I try to get a picture or a video of that fucking door opening? Yeah. Months. Months. <laughs> By the time I pick up my camera, it was already open. And I'm thinking, motherfucker. And then you finally catch it. <clears throat> and it's not because, I mean, you know how many days of evidence that you would have to look through in my house to catch what I catch in the spur of the moment? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hours and hours and days and days, I'm sure. I don't think that thing's a manifestation of your mind, or else that'd be pretty no. sick and twisted yeah. mind there. Yeah, no, it is definitely not a manifestation. But I could, if I could think this up and put it onto a film, imagine what I could do. I could create a sausage sandwich in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, here we go. I don't even you have would to go for sausage. Yeah, <laughs> that thing kind of reminds me of that movie Sinister for some reason. It, like the yes. build and the kind of the look. That's what it reminds me of most when I look at that thing. Dude, and I like that movie because I could relate to it. The director really did very good on that side, and Ethan Hawke did a really good side on that because it's the emotional roller coaster that you go through. That was the best depiction that I have ever seen of how somebody truly their emotions go. And then you always hit a hitch, man. You you turn to the bottle, you buy a fucking thousand dollar bong and you burn an eighth a day. Like it's you, you, you try to do everything that you can to dim that sense and you know how he fluctuated throughout the whole thing, I would say was spot on with how I felt at times going through what I have. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not a ghost. It's not see-through and it's, it's got substance and then it's not there. Mm -hmm. You can see that thing move out of frame in the reverse. People's opinions or, or theories on what, uh, the parts where JV's caught a, um, you know, the female voice that, is either laughing or crying and then uh, a male voice directly after it. What, uh, what do you kind of theorize that being? Do you think that it's, cause I've seen people say, Oh, it's two and one's tormented. The other one's trapped. I think that we kind of feel like it's a, you know, a single thing that's basically playing to his vulnerabilities with a, a female kind of, crying or laughing and then an aggressive you know sh- like shape shift to an aggressive male so to speak do you yeah. have any uh any thoughts on what you know or what are your feelings on on that side of things i think it's one evil entity that can manipulate its voice in any way it sees fit 
to do on right. any given day. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think any spirit would be able to speak over that, whatever that fucking thing is down there. No spirit's going to be able to speak over that thing. No. Right. It's going to be Great. just like a battery. It's going to get you know, that spirit's going to get absorbed into that thing and drained, just like it does like batteries and cell phones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've always noticed. I'm above it when I think it's a female. Because right. my dad. Think just be like, oh fuck! All right, all right, okay. No, that's not okay. Like, I better go check. And then it's like, oh, gotcha again, asshole. You know what I mean? Because I, if you notice in my videos, there's very small figures and there's very large ones, but they're never separate. Mm-hmm. It's just manipulating its environment and trying to get you to like think there's multiple of them. Right. And, and, and another thing, like everyone says, animals are sensitive to it. If you can point out in one of my videos, doors wide open, when activity is going down in my house, these animals are nowhere to be found. You got to remember, these are little itty bitty dogs. You know what I mean? I think a boo weighs like five or six pounds and Maverick, I just got maybe six pounds, eight. And they're consistently under your feet. And they're, they don't walk, they don't venture away, and not one of them goes down there. Not one. Not even my monster cats. I have a giant cat, 30-pounder. 30, 30 he's a big And he's just fat and lazy, and even he'll get up and waddle away like, yep, not today. I'll bet you'd be hard-pressed to find a mo- uh, even like a mouse down there because they can see that shit, and they're like, fuck this, I'm out. Dude, there's nothing yeah. down the stagnant smell it's like the air don't move very well through there there's no bugs there's there's nothing that's what i was thinking fog machine if you were to put fog down there i think you would see a lot of movement oh yeah but again it's everybody has all these great ideas Everyone doesn't understand that I have to do them, man. I'm by myself. <laughs> Rob lives in Missouri. You know what I mean? Illinois. Fucking New York. Like, JC, he, I have to hope and pray if he can, you know, drum it up to come. You know what I mean? And it's like, then it leaves just me, a camera, and all these tests. And it's like, yeah, how much do I want to do this? Right, <laughs> right. I already know it's here. Do I really need to prove it beyond this point? Like, I'll come out with something saucy. But if you guys want me to go looking for it, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and always you- say that when people are, like, investigating and ask questions, it's like, you really want to know the answer to that question? You know, it's like uh, you don't want to go looking for something that you don't want to see. You know, so uh, that's kind of where you're coming from, JV. It's like I I don't want to go look for something that I don't want to see or talk to, try to get to know it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Or saying that stuff like we'll try to communicate with it. You come in here and just see how you feel without it working itself up. And then tell me if you want to fucking communicate with it when it's intense. It's intense just to come here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just the experience of coming in the front door is different than normal. And I can you... relate that to literally walking through a thick fog, but you can't see the fog. 
that's that's what it is like walking through your front door. Just like tension you can cut with a knife, huh? Is that the feelings? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, like if you've ever been in a room where two people you know really well are just having a knockdown, drag out, verbal fight, and you just feel really weird, it's it's really similar to that feeling where it's like, okay, you know, like chill out. I don't, you know, I don't need to be here. <laughs> it responds to me though pretty intelligently. Yeah, if definitely. Definitely wants something from you for sure. I don't know what, but it wants something from you. I really wish people wouldn't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. <laughs> you know, tell me it's just fucking with me. It's it's here to make my life miserable and then go the fuck away. But it, you're right, man. And I don't like to admit that. But all all jokes aside, I'm not afraid for my my safety but the the one thing i am afraid of is at some point there's got to be a point to this story you know what i mean it just doesn't happen for no reason and i i've come to terms with that and not saying that you know, I'm going to be possessed or I'm going to end up on the news for slaughtering half of a neighborhood or anything like that. That's not at all what I'm saying is that as the years go by, the the abundant feeling that I get is there is a point to this. And I know I haven't found it yet. And I don't know if it'll be a good thing or a bad one, but I'm I'm optimistic. But to just put it out there, I'm not sure what's going to happen from day to day. I don't. I There's no way to prepare myself for it. There's, you know, you can always go out and try to educate yourself, which, you know, I'm, I'm slowly getting into the, the step of doing that. But how, it, how this story ends, I, I don't know. And that's... That's the scariest part of all of this is that, is it like the movies? Am I going to be, you know, levitating off my bed and speaking languages I've never even heard of before? Or I sure hope how this can affect me long term. And the, the seriousness of this is that that's the biggest question for me. I'm a dad, I'm a business professional, I'm a husband. You know, and all seriousness, I, I don't know how it's going to end. I, all stories have an end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they do. Mm-hmm. It's just not knowing or even having an idea, you know, trying to guess. I, I would say that's the most frustrating part is all of this has to have a point for my sanity. I see a lot of um, similarities between like what's going on with you and like uh, the Amityville horror. I know I shouldn't say that, but no, I get it. I see some similarities between your story and like what happened there, which is sadly, yeah. You know, do I have any aggressions or anything towards the people around me or my kids or my wife or anything like that? Absolutely not. I, I think whatever it 
its intent is, it's, it's only for me. You know what I mean? And anybody who tries to get close to me or tries to help experiences the same, the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every one of them. That entity sees it as like an interference between what's going on between you two. And nobody can break that cycle. I've tried. I've tried. We've, uh, we've got a a good group in the, the discord that, you know, I'll try to help and, and listen intently to the videos and, uh, we'll try and find, uh, you know, clips where they can maybe translate what they've heard if they don't hear it in English. Uh, we recently had one that, um, actually held a, a translator to it and found that they had heard Russian being spoken and the translation of the Russian was, uh, how the price is yours. So, uh, what they were hearing was Ka Sina Vash, and they they enhanced it, and uh, then that actually translate to how the price is yours, which I thought was was pretty interesting. But we've, we're lucky to have so many people that are you know paying attention to the story, and and they've got JB's back, and they have concern, and they want to help, and the way that they try to help is to to look at these clips and stuff and uh you know really really piece together audio that maybe i couldn't enhance or or couldn't listen to or that jc didn't have a chance to and so there's a there's a community of people that are that are really doing what they can to you know to, to help us try and figure figure things out or at least get a better idea of it but i thought that that translation was pretty interesting it's almost like it goes back to JB's original, uh, what he said originally in the beginning was karma. And, it, you know, how the price is yours is kind of like a long form way of saying karma. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been successful my whole life through sports. Um, you know, I've always been in the, the top tier and I had reached a point in my job where I was sitting the highest levels and commission that you could make less than 1% of the entire workforce would be able to hit these things. And, you know, I, I've had people, believe it or not, say, you know, a large part of my success is that I sold my soul. I I think that I'd asked for a little bit more money than what I got. You know what I mean? But (laughs) I, I don't, I don't see how that would happen. You know what I mean? I, I, I've never, I've never been a part of an occult. I've never done anything. My, my faith in God is strong, but on my terms, you know, and I've always maintained that I believe in a higher power and I, I have beliefs and I have things like that. And it's never been aimed towards anything dark or unnatural or supernatural. You know, it's just basic guidelines that I follow to to try to live a righteous life and to be the best person that I can and help my fellow person out. You know what I mean? And I believe if you pay everything forward that you'll get it back in the backside, you know, so I just I believe in hard work and doing stuff like that. I just. I've had to really do some soul searching to see if there was anything like bad, you know, I'm not a murderer or a rapist or anything weird like that. 
you know, I just think that some of the ways that I may have conducted myself and, you know, my younger years and the things that I would do to get to the position I'm at now, I mean, it's, we live in America, man, and you got to step on some people from time to time to get to the position that you want. I mean, that's, that's just working in any corporate and sales environment. You, you have to look out for yourself and your paycheck and you determine your own success. And, you know, I, there's not much that I wouldn't do that was, you know, outside of being ethical to get where I'm at. You know, I, I, I would just put my nose down and grind, but, the way this thing makes me feel and I, I keep coming back to karma is because, you know, like I've admitted before, I wasn't the best husband, man. I, I got married for all the wrong reasons and I just, I wasn't around a lot and I just didn't love her the way a husband should love a wife. And, you know, I, I, I almost think that as part of somewhat like that, you know, I just, you can sit down all day, every day, and try to go over every aspect of life that's a clear memory. Right. It, it's just I, I've never been able to pinpoint. I think it's an accumulation of things that have come back to me, and it's just I haven't been able to shake it. And that's why you'll never hear me say, yep, 100% came from New Orleans, or yep, 100% a cursed item in my home. Yep, it's this, or yep, it's that, because reality is is the the vast areas that i've dug into to try to get help with this um nobody has a logical explanation for it right and there was no no time that you just blatantly asked for what's going on like it it wasn't like you just turned around and and literally like made a deal with the devil in like the most literal terms possible and so you know what i'm saying there wasn't a situation that that you can go back and look on and say, okay, here's where I fucked up. Here's where the ball was dropped. I asked for this. It's not, that's not, uh, no. that's not the situation at all, but it's, uh, it's easy to kind of, to, to look back on that life as a whole, or just in that time period as a whole and understand that things could have compiled pretty easily. Yeah, no. You yeah. touched on a couple and, of really good topics there too. Me and Rob have talked ages about this type of stuff. I mean, what on your side, man, I mean, when you first experienced it, was it something that it just opened your eyes to it? Or did you think there was a reason behind why you saw or experienced what you did? Or was it just like that tattoo experience? You, you did it because you were there. I think it was just like, okay, it's this guy's time. I think he's finally ready to, you know, experience something that's not normal. And finally, you know, my eyes were open enough to realize that there's something going on and there's no explanation for it, no matter what people tell you. Right. And I really like what you touched on, you know, with like a personal relationship with God. Everybody should have that first and foremost before they go to like a lot of these religions and you know, join kind of the mass. And that's my opinion. You know, it's probably not a popular opinion, but you got to realize that these religions, they make a living off of, you know, donations. And I don't think they're always in it for your best interest. That's just my personal opinion. I agree. And that's why I measured in attendance. 
nor will I donate 10% of my hard-earned income to anything. Because if the greater good is helping people like, you know, myself or, you know, families that go through financial problems or divorce or death or stuff like that, then what is that money being used for? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I do see a lot of outreach that, you know, churches and stuff provide. But if you're not a member of that congregation, you do not receive any help. So imagine me, a Jewish guy walking into a Catholic, you know, church trying to talk about ghosts that just sounds like a bad punchline for a bad joke and the fact that they or cover up get, conspiracies a situation where they'll give you a price like they're pulling it off of a menu uh you know to to come out it's like oh it costs x amount to have someone come out uh you know if you have someone come out on their own terms or graciously to help there's no saying that i'm not going to give a donation out of being grateful but a red flag is like an instant, like, uh, you know, oh, it costs X amount of dollars. You know, if, if the monetary uh, thing comes into play before anything else, it's like, I don't think this is the right time or the right person. And uh, but, yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of that is is really interesting. And unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, misleading misdirection or um you know, situations where someone will find someone that that's looking for something to believe in and just kind of be like, well, here's this, you know, and because um, people people will go through things and have a time in their life that's really bad. And then, you know, all of a sudden they're looking for a reason to come out of it and looking for something to believe in. And, uh, you know, well, they'll say, oh, we'll read this book or, or listen to me and follow me. And uh, it's uh, it, it can be a, um, a a very unfortunate situation to try and recruit members of a of a certain congregation based on, you know, them having a misfortune and just wanting something to believe in. Mm -hmm. It's uh, that, that can be a rough situation for sure. And the fact that they cover up like uh, those those priests that take advantage of like vulnerable people in their time of need, and they don't right. get rid of the bad apples, that really dissuades me from organized religion. The fact that they cover right. up stuff like that. Dude, yeah. I agree at a hundred percent. Like, how can you, in good heart, being a person of faith, send somebody who does prey on people like that to different communities to do it over again until he gets caught again? You know what I mean? Or sexual predators in the churches. Like you've heard of so many. I, I just couldn't agree with that more, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's their salespeople. Let's be real. A good priest is a good salesman. Yep. And kids don't lie. That's why I believe the kids over what the church is telling me. Right. Damaging forever, man. Imagine getting, you know, sexually molested by the guy that your parents thinks brings them closer to God. Mm-hmm. Those, especially if they have to turn around and give a testimony because then they're forced to relive such a, a horrid situation. And the last thing someone wants to do after going through that is have to relive it. Uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't true, the last thing you'd want to have to do is revisit, you know, a, a telling a lie, but then it being true, the last thing you want to do is sit in front of a courtroom full of people and have to completely relive that whole situation. I think that's maybe why a lot of it 
uh, might go, you know, settled out of court or take uh, bargains or whatever, just so the kid doesn't have to be put through traumas of that type of situation all over again. Because uh, that's tough. You know, it's tough and it doesn't it doesn't get uh, get put in the spotlight. The fact that these poor kids are having to, you know, basically completely reiterate the worst situation in their life just to get the person in trouble that did it to them to begin with. Right. And they're haunted by this traumatic experience for the rest of their life. Yeah. And you can have a lot of those, man. There's a lot of things that certain people find traumatic that, you know, people like us will look at and be like, are you serious? And, you know, it's just, uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we all agree that, you know, living in 2021, like we are right now, it doesn't make any sense to try to influence anybody to believe you. you you've got your people who you're listening to your content like we are right now or watch it like they do on our show and they're going to analyze and interpret it in their own way. You know what I mean? And for example, that I've pinpointed, I have heard hundreds of different things that people have say that they, they have heard in my videos that I have never identified. You know what I mean? And it's the mindset that I think that when you're, you're watching stuff like this that you know that's outside of your comfort level it it's cool that to see how different people react to it because what you guys and i all hear laughing other people hear crying and sobbing i can tell you from hearing it from my personal you know point of view and with my own ears not my phone it's not crying it's like a maniacal chuckle you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and how people perceive that. It's, I know how things are escalating to get to where they're at. And then when I hear that, it's kind of like, <laughs> got you, motherfucker. Now turn around and there it is. You know what I mean? So not to get off that topic, it's just, it, it it's it's all into the eye of the person that's going through it. Yeah. Very true. Through the TV or in real life, it's how it affects me is going to affect you in a completely different way. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like religion's there. Guests that, uh, I've talked to that, um, you know, they're like, well, what happened to me isn't as bad as JV. And I remind them that the scariest thing they've ever seen in person is exactly that, the scariest thing they've seen. So they can't compare it to anything. Therefore, they react as if it is the scariest thing that they've ever seen. So it, it helps them to be able to relate to him or, or can help people relate to the feeling. It's like the scariest thing you've ever seen, you maybe have seen things scarier on videos but the scariest thing you've ever witnessed in person is exactly that. And so that's how, uh, you know, you can't measure one against the other. It's just, uh, it's all about, you know, the person that's seeing it and, and how they're feeling and their reaction to it. And it's like, you know, things might get scarier, but in that moment, if it's the absolute scariest thing you're ever going to see or you've ever seen, you're sure as heck going to react that way. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a uh, cabinets opening and, 
you know, it might not be a shadow popping out in front of you, but if you've never had that happen before, that's going to be the scariest thing you've ever seen. And so people uh, can kind of relate a little bit better if you put it into those terms. It's like, you know, there are things out there scarier, but if you haven't personally witnessed them, uh, you know, kind of think about the absolute scariest thing you've ever seen. And then, uh, you know, you can your reaction based on that is, uh, you know, basically as it ramps up the way that, uh, you know, his reaction has uh, grown to become. So, like you said, it's in the, the eye of the beholder. It's I don't know. It's it's a big, interesting, crazy situation. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you did touch on another good topic that you have a community behind you um, that's watching what's going on and they're definitely there to support you, which you might be alone in that house, but you have that community behind you that's definitely sending you some good vibes. Yeah, how, how do you think I've made it this far? Honestly, I was getting to a point, if I didn't, if I didn't get to the point where I did you know, on YouTube and TikTok to where I found good quality people like this. Like this is one of the best conversations I've had about my entire story since all this has went on. And you found me through the videos, you know what I mean? And I think that that in itself speaks a lot because I have gotten a lot of good advice. I've, you know, I'm on this podcast now getting to have a, an open free conversation without a fucking camera in my face. You know what I mean? And it, it makes me feel good. So, you know, tonight when I go to go to sleep, you know, and shit starts popping off, it's like, I can always rely on the people. Like if I, at any point at time, day or night, I can get on there and start communicating with people. And it makes me feel better, man. Mm -hmm. And you got my contact information. I'm in the same time zone as you. So if you want to call me in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll be up. (laughs) Well, I'll give you my number. So I will uh, definitely take you up on that. He's put me on speakerphone. I'll say, listen here, motherfucker. He needs to get some sleep back in the basement. (laughs) You have (laughs) iPhone. Oh, yeah, I got an iPhone. <laughs> oh, so you FaceTime. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll be like, listen here, Cecil the Shadow, you get the fuck down in the basement. Dude, I'll, <laughs> I will send you live shots. Like, Rob doesn't have an iPhone, so I can't FaceTime him. Like, when shit's going down and, you know, I'm not going to record it because I don't want to go through hell for two weeks, I'll put you on FaceTime and just let you see what I see for a minute. Sounds and good. You'll be- Oh, I'm going to turn you off, Jed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the one yeah, that goes into all the spooky houses. I couldn't imagine, you know, being on FaceTime and seeing it. It's like I've heard enough and, and I won't hang up the phone, but it's like we do anything we can to talk about anything besides that. And the conversations, uh, I think we're lucky that, uh, no one has heard them because we'll just talk about the most off the wall, crazy stuff. And, uh, just to get the mind off of what's actually going on. But I mean, it's very apparent when you're talking to someone, you start hearing bangs and, uh, you know, stuff that you shouldn't be hearing when you're talking to someone that's by themselves, just sitting on the couch. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll hook you up with my number that I think that would be cool. If you have an open invitation, anytime you want to come on this podcast, you let me know, we'll fire it up and we'll shoot a session. 
shit, get get a pen. I'll give you my number, man. I All think right. I would love to do that. That'd be awesome. I can uh, I can text it to him if you want. That way, you won't have to to cut it out of the yeah. yeah dude, we're coming up on a four hour podcast right now. Yep, that's why I was <laughs> like, oh man, it doesn't seem like we've been talking that long, but it it goes so it goes so smooth. You just have a good time, and it just it just blows by. Yeah, it's crazy. I we're we're super fortunate with the uh, with the viewers that we have on YouTube. I was telling JB the other day. I was like, it's been multiple weeks since i've had to uh had to delete a comment of negativity like they i don't know how uh, you know sometimes they'll pop up in the live chats but like as far as comments on the videos on youtube we've been so fortunate to have such a great community of people that um you know even if someone steps out of line a little bit all of a sudden i'll see three or four people just setting them straight before i even have a chance to do anything mm-hmm. which is pretty neat but i can't think of uh any other youtube channels that can tell you that they've gone multiple weeks without having to get rid of a comment especially on such a controversial subject i mean so most of those haters are just looking for attention it's like if you don't like it you don't have to watch it just change the channel man change it you know the, the worst thing i've ever had to witness was a young kid that was watching a video and was wanting to be a troll and so this kid knew that they could do the text or speech to text and they they couldn't even read but they did the speech to text and put some troll comment on it and they couldn't even read it back to you you know they weren't old enough to read however they're old enough to uh you know to do the speech to text and then all of a sudden they they've commented on something they're on to the next thing without even thinking twice about it and the the anonymity that goes on in the comments there's no um you know, there's no one that has to answer for what they've done. There's no repercussions. So, uh, you know, any comment I see now, all I do is picture that three-year-old kid doing a text-to-speech, and it makes it a lot easier to uh, to not let it bother you. Yep, another telephone well, tough guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, I've, I've probably gotten on just my channel alone from TikTok probably seven or eight million comments now and like i said it's it's just not worth it you know i'm finding a lot of comfort in doing stuff like this and i think that if we collectively get a strong base for a good community it would be helpful and lucrative for everyone involved Mm -hmm. absolutely and just to have conversations like this i mean really think about how many people are out there right now that know the two of the channels combined that would love to be a fly on the wall for a conversation like this. Mm-hmm. Right. One of them, you know what I mean? It's not like I do this a lot anyway. It's more of a structure that is in my realm, but you know, my hope for the paranormal community, I would say is just, you know, when you see the world in turmoil, like we're at now, it's, it's a nice release to get people's brain off of the the everyday burdens that they see. And to be honest, I've been asked a lot, you know, has any of this helped? I, I don't think each and every one of you two understand what stuff like this does for me personally and mentally. 
you know, and coming, talking to two people who found me from my content and to be able to have a conversation like this is leaps and bounds better than I can confide to anybody that I personally know outside of the social aspect of it. Cause I, I could never have a conversation like this with anybody outside my wife. I really couldn't not my peers at work, not the people that work above me or below me. I, it's just not something that I would feel comfortable in going into great detail with. I just wouldn't. So, you know, going back, I just, I think that we all need to pull together as a community to be able to open up a lot of the other stories. Cause let's face it. If, if all we can do is get more people to open up and share their experience and share their videos. Can you imagine the content that we'll see in a couple of years from now? Yeah, it'd be mind blowing. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be off the chain. And it's just, if we can get enough people who genuinely say that they've had these experiences to, to think about pulling out that camera the next time that they're going through it, even if it's just a little bit of what they're going through and you have a, a couple million people that look at it like that, you know, that's a lot of good footage that's genuine and coming from a community that we trust. Eventually yeah. it'll get to a point where it's just undeniable. The skeptics can't, you know, dismiss everybody. You can't. And I know it's out there. You know it's out there. Rob, you know it's out there. Yeah. And if we can bridge that gap, I think that we could definitely set things in motion in a, a different a different way. You know, and there's a lot of things that people aren't comfortable with talking about. And if we can open up the door to letting them talk about ghosts and stuff like that, and demons and stuff that's controversial, then maybe if there is an underlining factor that's something that they really do need help with confiding to people like us, open that door for them to get the help that they really need. That's progress. That's, that's having a, a purpose with a point. Yeah. That's you know world I mean? changing. Absolutely. It makes it feel like these things that are happening aren't happening for no reason. Even, um, you know, going back to your situation, it's like, you know, maybe we can find this silver lining and, and be able to turn at least a, a little bit of it into a positive. That's yeah. what uh, that's what we spoke about for a long time before starting the Dino with the Devil was the opportunity to just be able to help people that, uh, you know, that feel alone. And it's amazing how many times I've heard that exact words come out of people's mouths where it's like it's just such an alone feeling and to be able to make it so they don't have to feel alone is a pretty special opportunity. And that's what I was getting at. That's because of guys like you, not only will I continue to do this and document it, but I genuinely feel better about myself because I know I'm not alone. And I know that if you can take a hardcore skeptic, like both of us were, you know, and have a sit down with them, because they actually had something that happened to them. Man, that's that's progress in my book. You know, I'm not going to forget this conversation. I got to chat it out and hear perspectives from, you know, different people. And that's that's what helps me. Mm-hmm. That's is what carries me on through the next incident that goes on. You know, it's like, wow, now I have something to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, I can let this off. Mm-hmm. If, a, 
If you find Check. this is your your ideal outlet with a podcast, I can I can put multiple calls through my uh, switchboard here, so it's not a problem. Hell yeah! If you want to get something going like that, you know how hard it is for me to do that. Shit? So <laughs> yeah, we can bring our our conversations open, and mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is a little easier like for you. No camera in your face, just it's just a conversation yeah. over like almost like a radio. Yeah. And that's what I'd say we should do. I, I'm all about that. You know, we have plenty of people that are lining up to get in, get on the phone with us or me and with Dino with the devil. And there's never a shortage of stories. So if you want to get together and some stuff like that and do a show here and there, or however you want to platform it out, it's, I think we all have the same objective here, you know, and I have a lot of people that, I can bring to the table from both platforms that would give us some really cool content and some cool conversations along the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I said, anytime you want to come on here, no problem, man. Cool. Well, I've literally turned my living room into a podcast studio for talking about this stuff. So (laughs) I just texted him. I just texted him your number. So he's got it, Jamie. Yeah. Just text me your name and we'll chat it up, man. And, get something going with it yeah no problem no problem well we're at three hours and 45 minutes i think we got it right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was great man it certainly was a pleasure i appreciate you yep like giving i said us the opportunity to come on any this thing's and gonna go live here shortly i'm not editing anything out because no personal information was disclosed so it's gonna go right up raw and real Good deal. Awesome. So, yeah, it'll be available on iTunes and Spotify, so you can check it out. I'm gonna and text me your number, man. Yep, I'll do that right after this podcast here, man. You'll have my information, and like I said, I'm in the same time zone as you, so it's not if it's not late there, it's not late here. <laughs> yeah, so. well, it works for me, but yeah, man. Thanks again for having me on, and look forward to working with you here soon. Anytime, gentlemen. You just hit me up, and we'll we'll, we'll start a session. All right, brother. All right, you guys take care. Be safe out there. Yep, you too. Thanks, man. You too. Later. Later. You heard it there. You heard the whole story from Dino Nuggets himself about what's going on um, in his home. He just got back from a road trip. He's got things going on. Um, Yeah, if you guys want him to come back on this podcast, yeah, he is always welcome, as well as Rob. We had a good conversation. Really went in depth in there. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to end this session. I hope you guys enjoyed it and look forward to future sessions. Goodbye.